0: But you're my piece of your heart. Welcome to another live edition of the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford, that's me, A.D. Drew, that's him. Drew, say hello to the people. How are you doing this evening? Hello, people. And uh, we are the uh, BCSN Sports Wrap. Proud to be doing this show. Six years running now on the Black College Sports Network. uh, Recapping, uh, especially during the fall, recapping the uh, weekend of action, and getting ourselves prepared for the upcoming week. Trying to parse through all of the happenings from this past uh, day or the weekend of games. Trying to find what are the more interesting storylines to kind of talk about. Uh, Coming up a little bit later in tonight's show, we're going to talk with the head coach of Virginia Union University, Dr. Alvin Parker, fresh off their big win, might be one of the biggest wins in HBCU football, Division II football, CIAA football. Drew, I'm going to say maybe as far back as Winston-Salem back in the Connell Maynard era when they made it run all the way to the national championship. That's how big this win over number two ranked Valdosta State on the road 45 to 40 may be we'll kind of find out i mean obviously you know we look at things like that uh but and we say that because valdosta state uh i believe they were in the championship game last year perennial uh perennial uh, uh powerhouse so uh it was a big win for virginia union uh we'll talk to him at the bottom of our number one at the top of our number two We're going to talk to our good friend, Chris Ferguson, from D2Football.com. Chris covers the CIAA, so we'll get to talk to him about that win. And then a couple of other big games uh, for the top teams in the CIAA, Bowie State, Fayetteville State, Uh, tough, tough, uh, tough games for those two schools. Shaw, yeah, we'll we'll talk about those and, and how this win by Virginia Union, where does that set them up? for the rest of the season. Uh, of course, Drew, you write for D2Football.com, covering the SIEC, so I know we'll get into talking about that. And then uh, we've got a guest contributor, uh, Kelvin Carter, is going to be coming on uh, at the bottom of hour two, and he's going to help us go through our grades. Of course, uh, a, a great segment that we started with Dr. Caville, where we take the top ten, from the HBCU Pro Sports Media Association, uh the major and mid major polls, and we give those teams grades based on their performance, and everybody had uh had games, I believe. So uh, we got stuff to grade, we got performances to grade. And we're gonna see Drew if our grades are tweaked any. You know, Doctor Caville was very harsh with us, uh as as made of the rubric. Professor. Yeah, he, he made us go revise the rubric for this week. So we might be a little softer and a little leaner on some teams than uh, had we not had Doc on the show. You know what I'm saying? I, I think... Uh, that,
1: that's so. why we had the dean on first. You know, you, you got this great idea, this great research pro- uh, project, and you need your, uh, your, your department head or your dean to sign off on it, so... He signed off on it, minus a few (laughs) adjustments. You know, so we'd went back. We'd we'd handled all the red on the paper.
0: Exactly, (laughs) exactly. We took all the notes, made some adjustments, (laughs) and I, hey, Drew, as I looked through our grades, nobody failed. So I don't know. Hey, I, I guess that's a good thing in academia, right? Everybody wants to come back. Everybody's encouraged. Nobody failed, right?
1: Right. Hey, Brian. Why do we at academia use red? It's oh, a great question. Well, uh, uh, some, somebody out here is a teacher or in, in or in education. Please put that in the chat. Why do we use red every time we grade something? I, you know, you do what I do. When I, I go to do something, uh paperwork, correct well, it, look, or just grade kid, it. And, and, and you ask and you get bad when you can't find a red pen. Yeah, well we ask students
0: well thing. we ask students to do things in black and blue, right? Like I hate when I get papers in green. Like I got high school students who'll turn me purple. stuff in green and purple. Oh, I, I go flat off. I go straight off. And I'm like, I have told you guys before, stop submitting papers and and, and tests and quizzes right. in pink, purple, green. Like stuff.
1: You know, everybody, uh, every yeah. every school district uses yes. iPads and uh, Chromebooks, so it's yeah. very uh, rare you that know, you actually you know, write.
0: Every every school doesn't have you know that kind of that kind of resource just yet. That you know, we still have to you know kill some trees go to get the to Gotta get the and quizzes out. <laughs> it <Publishing. laughs> yeah, we're Publishing. coming, we're getting there. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. You know, we're getting there. But, uh, yeah, you know, I got to tell the kids, look, stop submitting stuff in pink and purple. Okay? You use that when you write little notes with your friends. Don't turn in work on pink, purple, and all that other stuff. So, um, yeah. So, I, I, you know, that that's why that. So, yeah, interesting discussion there. Um, yeah, so uh, if you're watching us show, look, Let's get into it. yeah yeah let's get into it watching us on facebook twitter and instagram make sure you are please following at my bcsn1 the number one on those social media platforms if you're watching us right now on youtube like the folks are right now uh shout out to those people i think first in was mary 305 shout out to mary for being the first one in the chat room tamra t jumped in not soon thereafter Few other people in there, uh Yusuf uh Del Rio, David Garner, Jay Blue, Karen Griffin, two threefold, um jumping in. I'm sure there's some folks on Facebook as well. Uh hit the thumbs up button, hit the like button, subscribe and share. Let your people know. And if you know a Virginia Union Panther, let them know. Six thirty. We got Dr. Alvin Parker coming on uh to talk about that big win. Over the weekend, over Valdosta, but Drew, let's uh, let's jump right into it and let's talk about the. Bit. Let's start with the top dog, the number one team in black college football, uh, the uh, the Jackson State Tigers, um, and they played, of course, Tennessee State in the Southern Heritage Classic and uh, one of the big games, one of the feature games for the FCS ranks. Uh, this I, I, look we were if you hopefully if you got a chance to catch our morning show or the morning show with dr caville we kind of went through some of these points but let's kind of let's kind of expand on some of the some of the surrounding things with this game drew because there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes i mean they're, they're, we all know about the up. we understand the controversy going in right i mean I, do i have to explain it uh you know people no. know jackson state didn't want to play it uh, okay, so I, I will for like 30 seconds. If I go longer than 30 seconds, hit the buzzer. Jackson State didn't want to play. it Didn't think the financials were right. Tried to pull out of it by agreeing to work with the SWAT in a deal that would have put them in a contest in Birmingham. The city and the promoter said, eh, eh, eh we got a contract with you guys. You got to play in our thing. There was all kinds of threats of lawsuits, stays, all kinds of stuff. The Birmingham thing went away. Jackson State, okay, okay. After some leaked documents, we'll play in the game. We'll come. We'll come. But, hey, this is the last year. Even though there's still two years left on the contract. So, I I don't know. Maybe they're just going to maybe raise the money and say, here's the buyout. But that's all that went into the game before the game even kicked off, Drew. Eddie George, Tennessee State. Deion sanders jackson state now here we go the game where was it broadcast drew anyone know because i think that was one of the first things that kind of caught people's attention (laughs) in terms of where was this game going to be televised at uh you know at at one point
1: i don't know where it's broadcast at uh where it was broadcast at because it was kind of all over the place but it's It's on right now, but I don't want to tell you because I don't want y'all to turn away and watch them instead of watching
0: us. (laughs) Right. Okay, so, yeah, that game game was uh, scheduled to be broadcast on, uh, I I guess, JSU TV, but then apparently it ended up being on some YouTube feed that the Southern Heritage Classic put out there. What's funny is, you know, last year when that game was on ESPN was one of the first times – that game had been actually on TV live, you know, um, you know, the promoter is kind of an old school guy uh, doesn't want to take away from the the sales. You know, he, he he thinks that that will take away from the sales. Okay. I'm not going to get into all that, but anyway, so what you got AD was sort of like a, some sort of high school feed where it's like somebody stuck a camera up in the press box and and
1: commentators, Brian, Tell about the play-by-play and the color think,
0: Oh, well, okay. So, obviously, the in-house PA guy, you know what he does.
1: That's not play-by-play. Play. That's uh, in-house PA.
0: Well, the in-house PA, he tells you who made the tackle, how many yards. He just doesn't give you the opinion. He doesn't give you the opinion on the play breakdown and the X and the Y and all that stuff, right? He just tells you the basics. So, that's what you rush,
1: got. Rushed right? rush by, rush by Sam Jones. <laughs> first down Jackson State it's third down let's get busy that ty- that type of person
0: <laughs> there you go i know you know you know okay. you know Just you, to make sure. you,
1: exactly so all, yeah it's we, third we, we, we've, down we have been to high school game we've even we've even been to pa man at high school games i know we, i have exactly we
0: i have too yeah so that's we're Mr. third down guys so um well you know so that caught people's crawl. There's all kinds of backstories and stuff happening. I feel like this is a 30 for 30 episode, Drew. I feel like this would be a great 30 <laughs> for 30. How Except the Southern it would Heritage
1: it would never happen. Wow. Wow.
0: Well, okay. So let's figure out another network. But <laughs> what 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 title would you give this? What title would you give this 30 for 30? Or we call it a documentary. Uh,
1: so what would i give this uh tiger Bone of tradition the the death Ooh. of tradition or uh, the death of
0: tradition i like yeah. that
1: the ti- uh or yeah. uh, something baby uh tiger home loses his stripes
0: eh, i don't know i don't know Anybody, you guys out there in, on on the uh, in the chat Uh, Give us a name. What would you call the drama surrounding? Because this is a historic matchup. This is like 33 years that these two schools have played in Memphis. Okay. It's a big deal to the city of Memphis. You know, I've got a friend who's from Memphis. Uh, He talks about this is a big event in the city. And so now you get an influx of new coaches, uh, new coach in Jackson State, a new mindset, new attitude, new mentality, and all of a sudden, uh, the money is what is more talked about and discussed uh, in terms of what is being paid to the athletic departments. Um, I just saw an interesting post. Now I haven't I didn't get a chance to vet this out completely, drew. Uh, so I'm just gonna read here. This is uh, so uh, it's from a Hilliard L. Lackey. I I hope that's a real name and not like, you know, some fictitious Facebook post. But uh, apparently uh, there were fifty one thousand three hundred and fifty one fans at the game. Right. So his post says the city of Memphis made an estimated ten million dollars from fifty one thousand three hundred and fifty one fans. The sponsor made at least one million dollars. Does this is it, if you're the sponsor, are you, is your goal
1: to make money? I'm just curious. The two HBCUs, oh uh, yeah, but actually, e- yes, yes, it is. Not necessarily of that event, but you hoping that you see the money if you invest a hundred thousand dollars in the event.
2: are talking well, F- you're you're sp-
1: FedEx? Well, what you're doing is if you give them a hundred thousand dollars, you want to see that turn over into people buying your products and and things of that nature, it's, not it's necessarily it's on marketing. that. Yeah. Not necessarily on that day, but there's marketing. You put money into it. You want to see that recouped in sales and uh, goodwill and other things for your company. So indirectly, yes, you are looking to make money out of it. No one just gives gives that money just to be given it.
0: Okay, so uh, great in, people. I got a couple of people, couple of people dialing. In. Thank you, uh, Doctor Lackey. Doctor Lackey. Okay, great. A thirty-year professor at JSU. He's an icon. So, okay, so uh, this is a great post. I'm glad. I, I'm glad. Uh, thank you for those of you um, who who are who are uh, providing some live uh, updates. Was not familiar who Mr. Lackey was or Doctor Lackey. Thank you. So he says the city of Memphis made an estimated ten million from fifty-one thousand three hundred fifty-one fans. The sponsor made at least one million. The two HBCUs go home having each received $350,000 before expenses. In contrast, the city of Birmingham offers JSU and Arkansas Pine Bluff $350,000 each and total income from ticket sales, which can easily total $2 million to be provided by the two HBCU teams. Again, this was, he's referencing what was the proposed deal that would have created the SWAT class. Yes. The SWAT classic. Okay. Uh continues. The city of Memphis could do like Birmingham. Otherwise, the HBCUs are being used like sharecroppers of yore. Uh anytime you can reference and say yore in a sentence, love it. Love it. Um this has gone on for thirty-three years, exclamation point.
1: No, uh, Brian, kidding. just for, the... just for people to understand, that's Y O R E, not Y O U R.
0: That. <laughs> You're silly. Okay, that's great. Okay, this has gone on for 33 years. No kick on the sponsor, Fred Jones, per se. The rest of the city of Memphis merchants need to invest and not just hang back in profit. J State could stay home, play Delta State, draw 50,000 fans nowadays, and make $1 million. The blue and white scrimmage makes $350,000. Uh, I, I'm not sure if there was more to this but I was just sort of reading from a post that was uh, one of our followers had uh, uh retweeted uh, with that so uh I obviously drew we from a financial standpoint we know that the price oh I like Jay blue said today's price is not yesterday's nice okay I like that
3: um,
0: yeah that's pretty good uh, we understand yeah. that the the money. Is a, is an interest is a, is a thing, right? But uh, just what's your take on on that for a second? I want to give you a second before I pull up an interesting column that uh, that I want to reference here.
1: I hate to say it, but there's a lot of well, there appears to be a lot of truth to that, you know. Jackson State, last time I checked, plays in a sixty thousand seat sixty plus thousand seat stadium, correct? Now yes. mind you they don't they don't have the luxury suites that you would have no. in a stadium such as such as such as Memphis, but they do have right. the ability to put the butts in the seat. Tennessee state has the ability to play in a stadium that seats sixty thousand plus with the luxury seats for a series like this so for a home and home series. These two are two of the few HBCUs that can actually play their game in their home stadiums and actually draw more playing in their home stadiums than they do on the road. One of the main reasons HBCUs played in these classics outside of marketing themselves to other cities was before TV and everything else came along and started changing the ante was because they could put more butts in the seat in those NFL or larger larger college stadiums. So, mm-hmm. but Jackson State and Tennessee State are the exception to that rule. So it makes a little sense for these two to be considering a home-and-home, home, given the unique dynamics of, of, of their situation. Could Alcorn say that? No. Can Bethune say that? No. And other schools, so forth and so on. So that that's one we reason to do it uh take a look at my one of my album models Florida Am University and we talk about this tradition you talk about those 33 years, Brian Tuskegee bullhouse I said Florida I meant to say Tuskegee Tuskegee Bullhouse played in Columbus for 80 years, Brian over 80 years in Columbus, Georgia the Tuskegee Bullhouse Classics. what did they do last year? Up, boo, holler. Birmingham, Alabama, more money. Mm-hmm. It, for limited resources, schools, tradition is fine, but tradition only pays the bills for so long. And you've got to be smart about the decisions that you make. And ironically, drew a larger crowd in Birmingham post-COVID than they did in Columbus, Georgia. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so uh, another thing that came out of this. Now, obviously, there's a lot of feelings that go into this. I mean, uh, you got to imagine when you've had two teams. I mean, this is an unusual classic in that it's not a rotating team. You know, this is this is similar to the Florida Classic in Orlando. You don't have a rotating
1: uh, Tuskegee Boil House classic. Homes.
0: So yeah, this this classic in this city synonymous with M V School. The Bayou you yeah, exactly. The, the, yeah, so so unlike some of the other classics that we grew up in the Midwest, where you had a rotation of teams that would travel to the Midwest in Indianapolis or St. Louis, where uh, I and you are from. Um, you know, this was a set in stone. You know where these two schools every year headed on their calendar. The point. They came up. They came up to Memphis. Okay. Um, and one of the things that came out of this uh, in the post game comments, uh, I, I'm reading. I, interesting. I, I read. I heard the post game comments from Coach Sanders in regards to the rivalry because it was brought up about. The rivalry you know uh what are his thoughts on this rivalry and i and i think his comment i'm paraphrasing here i don't have the full audio clip but i did hear it he he kind of uh coach sanders you could almost say was a bit for lack of a better word dismissive he, he just wasn't caught up in the the historical sense because he brought it back to the fact that we don't know anything about that. In, in ter- now, I, I don't know. I, I hope he knows about it. But in terms of being a part of it, his, he, his players, uh, Coach George, his players, you know, they haven't, this is new for them, new for their sort of administration, these games. You know, this is a new error. I think it's kind of what he seemed to insinuate. But his comments did rub people, some people. A, a some kind of way, uh including a columnist for the uh Memphis commercial appeal. Okay, so I come across this column after listening to his comments uh from a Mark Gionato, uh whose headline reads It's a shame Deion Sanders doesn't care about Jackson State's rivalry with TSU. Okay, and so He starts the column by referencing the fact that Shadur, when asked about the question, uh, let me just read, because it'll set it up perfectly. His opening comments read, the son had more tact than the father. Shadur Sanders at least tried to talk around how little Jackson State's football history and its biggest non-conference rival mattered to him. He didn't want to just outright say how little traditions built over decades Traditions that turned on annual game into a cultural experience mattered to his school anymore. But then Deion Sanders cut him off during the post-game press conference. Quote, we don't care, unquote, he announced. Perhaps it's better that Sanders isn't shying away from how he really feels. Perhaps that's how this version of the Southern Heritage Classic will end, with Coach Prime kicking dirt on the pageantry Memphis has played host to for 33 years with Southern Heritage Classic founder Fred Jones Jr. standing in the back of the room, no less. Uh, He continues on to point out uh, some comments by Coach Sanders, in in which he says, quote, We just got here. I just arrived here. We don't care. Comment and whether he's interested in continuing to play Tennessee State, be it in Memphis or elsewhere. What I'm saying is, and this is a quote here, what I'm saying is, we've got to do better business. That's what I'm talking about. He continued. So whether we do it in Jackson or in Tennessee, I'm good. I'm good. If we get the business right, we can do it here. But I'm for the business of making sure these kids are straight, not coming up here and having to borrow some gas money on the way back. That's what it. That's what this is about. So I'm looking for the interest of our. I'm looking out for the interest of our kids. So as far as the rivalry all of us just got here we don't know nothing about that uh 55 years these two teams have played 33 of the most recent at memphis in the southern heritage classic drew is is where do you, where do you what are your thoughts on coach primes perceived dismissive approach about the rivalry
1: And I was thinking about it as you were reading that statement, Brian, you know, it's kind of like, you we're at this job, uh, our employer, and all of a sudden you get a new general manager uh, or a new boss, a new general manager. And you've got this one person who's been working there, these people who've been working there. Since they were in high school, this may be the only job they've ever had, and this person comes in with all these policies procedures and bright ideas on how to take the company forward, going up against these people who've been working there since high school and that's the clash that we have right now. who's right? who's wrong? Neither one over right, neither one over wrong. It's just a clash that's not going to mesh. And in this case, the new manager is, is parting ways with the people who've been there since high school. That's the best way that I could take a look at it. It You know, and it's all about the money. It's all about the money. The manager thinks he should be getting paid more than than the salary that he's getting paid. The, the other people are satisfied with the whatever per hour that they're making, and they're happy with what they're doing because they get their paycheck every every two Fridays. So we've got this conflict on what what needs to happen. But the manager's looking at the budget. It's like we can't sustain this at this rate. We got to get these sales up, and we got to get more people in the door, and got to do some other things so that we can make more money as a company. So everybody be happy. That's the conflict that's going on right here.
0: Uh, To to conclude this article or column, I want to make sure it's known it's a column here. Uh, He writes uh, in reference to what Coach Sanders is building. He really seems to be building a monster of a program on the field. That Tennessee State kept it as close as it did, staying within one score until the final minutes of the fourth quarter is a credit to the program or to the progress being made by Eddie George. It's just Jackson State isn't constructed like a normal HBCU team. And that was still true without top recruit Travis Hunter playing Saturday. I'm curious about that line, but I'm not going to dig deep right now. Um, This quote was the hottest team and everyone's talking about them, Coach George said. Maybe a lawsuit can talk them into coming back. Maybe all that money Jackson State could owe The Southern Heritage Classic, if it doesn't fulfill its contract, which runs through 2024, will outweigh all the money Sanders is after for his program. Maybe then he might realize he should care. Um, You know, again, uh, uh, this is a columnist from Memphis. um, You know, Drew, kind of what we talked about offline. If you're if you're from Memphis, it has a memphis feel to it you know where that is what you're supposed to do as a columnist from a particular city um and and so that's how people in memphis may feel coming up after the break here let's move over into the other big story big game and that was virginia union knocking off The number two ranked team in Division II on the road, nonetheless, nonetheless, we're going to talk to Dr. Alvin Parker, the head coach of Virginia Union University, coming up on the other side. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in just a moment.
2: It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride Enjoy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and
1: Twitter. No. No. I want him. Ooh, I like him. quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each
2: sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight.
1: He's a nine.
2: Bounty, the quicker picker-upper.
1: Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? (laughs) Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. One bite of 100% Angus Beach ballpark frank. You'll say.
3: Hello, summer. Oh, yeah. It's ballpark season.
0: From novice to
3: aficionado,
0: find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. All right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford, 80 Drew, and joining us, the head ball coach of Virginia Union University, Panthers, fresh off a big win on Saturday against the number two-ranked team in Division Two football, Dr. Alvin Parker. Dr. Parker, how you
1: doing, sir? Thanks for joining us this evening.
4: I'm doing well, man. I'm glad you guys invited me on.
1: Hey, man, I, I saw what you had did yesterday, yesterday. By the time I got back to my car, I'm like, "Let me text Doctor Parker right now and see if we can get them all." Because I, when I was going through the scores, and oh, they, they won it. Oh, good. I, I mean, I, uh, you know, you you want you want certain teams to win, especially when you get into this in region uh, stuff. And Virginia, Union, big win. Oh yeah, top ranked team. Yeah, we, we got to talk about this one. Absolutely. Doc,
0: I know you're, we're still, we're still in the 24 hour period. So we can still talk about it. We can still enjoy it. I know sometime this evening, 24 hours will pass. And then we got to, as you coaches like to say, Hey, we own the living stone. Uh, what are some of your emotions right now uh, from last night and this morning?
4: Yeah. I tell the guys all the time, you can, you can never really be, you know, uh, too high when it's going good. You can never be too low when it's going bad, but um. Just to have a, a a victory of this magnitude, um, I kind of threw that out the window yesterday. You know, um, I think it was the first time I tell a, I tell the guys all the time. I say, do not pour no Gatorade on me. Don't pour no water on me. You know, don't do none <laughs> of that after no day. I don't care what we do. You know, um, and yesterday uh, them guys poured the Gatorade on me just because they was excited and they know that all the type of work that went into to to that trip and the practice, the preparation, everything that had been done. And I think, you know, um, they deserved it. You know, um, we got on the bus and went 10 hours and, you know, we packed up and just moved the entire program 10 hours. And that's tough, you know, um, especially on this level, you know, but in order to get the kind of respect that you think you need and and, and that you think you deserve, you got to play the teams of this magnitude. And and we've done that since I've been here. You know, um, this is our first chance to take one of them down, though.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to mention that, you know, looking back on the last few years, uh, your program has not been shy away from playing. I mean, obviously you've had some rivalry games against like Hampton University uh, in, in which you've been successful in a couple of those. Um, and then, but it gets into D2, you're not shy about playing the big boys. Uh, last year you had Valdosta at, at home. Um, the, you've had Carson Newman before early in the, the season. Or Ryan. Ryan uh-huh um so uh talk a little bit about the scheduling I mean this year in particular where the CIAA moved to an eight team conference schedule so you only get two you only get two this year talk a little bit about the the scheduling and, and what goes into the preparation so that it gives you this kind of opportunity if you guys do what you're supposed to do during a regular uh conference season
4: well, my, my philosophy on scheduling has always been to schedule tough. You know, um, from the coaches I've worked with in the past, um, Coach Bailey, uh, Coach Tiller, you know, some of those guys, we schedule tough all the time, you know, and they prepared us when it was time to kind of get the league play. But just like you said, you know, it used to be you could schedule three and then, you know, you had to play that mandatory seven, you know. um, But now, you know, falling into what what, what I think is a good thing now, you know, with that's playing eight conference games, you get to schedule those two outside opponents. And we were originally supposed to play Hampton again. So our, our conference scheduling was going to be Hampton and Valdosta, um, you know. Um, but, you know, late breaching that contract with with some things that they, they wanted to do that we didn't necessarily agree to, you know. Uh, we got out of that game, and now we were in search for a game, you know. Um, so, you know, the good thing is, you know, um, a lot of people don't want to play you. That's a good thing. You know, um, but when somebody do wanna play you, you gotta kinda take on those guys that are top people in the region. But um we ended up uh scheduling Virginia Lynchburg for that first game because it was just a one game deal, you know, um that we was able to do just for the twenty-two season. So um we're gonna be looking for another game, week one next year. Um, hopefully we can get something in region, but that's kinda how the scheduling fell this year, you know. Um, but this was a return trip to Valdosta, So um they came here last year and we were returning that trip this year.
1: Go ahead, Drew. Uh, you talk about uh, scheduling some games in region. You know, one thing Brian and I have always talked about is more CIAA, SIAC matchups. You know, is that a possibility? And if you could wave a magic wand and say, I want to play that team out the SIAC, <laughs> who would be your top two or three on, on that list of teams that you would love to play if you, if everything could work out
4: uh, if everything can work out, I guess, you know, um, of course, like I said, on this level, you got to think budget first. So, you know, the ones that will be a little closer, you know. Um, so those, uh, the Benedicts, the the Savannah States, you know, those people like that that um, we can kind of jump on 95 and, and be right there and get to, you know, um, those type of teams. Somebody that's a little bit more closer, so we won't necessarily have to uh, – Take this ten hour ride like we just did, you know. Um, so somebody a little bit closer, it doesn't matter who, but I like that. I like the SIAC and, and the CIAA type of matchups, you know. Um, I think it brings a different type of, of feel to to people, the fans, and everybody that's involved, you know. And um, it's kind of a win win for, for everybody because the the win will stay between one of those 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 conferences. So when you know yeah. when somebody wins, kind of everybody wins. So I, I I definitely would think that would be something good.
1: One other thing that I've noticed uh, in Super Region 2, a lot of you guys, there uh, are a lot of cross-conference uh, games in those first two to three weeks uh, between CIAA, SAC, SIAC, and the Gulf South. Can you kind of talk about how that all came together over the last couple of years?
4: Like I said, we voted from a coaching association standpoint to increase it to eight games. That that. You know, we did that about two years ago, and um, and this is the first year that's kind of coming into fruition. But, you know, those first ones, people kind of schedule, you know, the way that they, you know, some stuff that might be some old rivalries or some close games and proximities and things like that. So it's kind of everybody's philosophy on that is a little different. You know, um, my philosophy is uh, kind of making sure that we, we play somebody within the region that's pretty strong that's going to allow us to get to some of the goals that we have for the season. And our goals are generally playoffs. You know, we want to make sure we do that. So like you said, in the past we've played, you know, Lenore Ryan, we've played when they were, when they were a top 10 team, they still pretty daggone good. You know, um, <laughs> we, 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 um signed a contract without Austin when they were number one in the country, you know, um, you know, we did the same thing with, with Carson Newman when they were a top 25 team. So, um, Again, we shy away from no one. But again, I think you have to play those type of teams. So when it comes down to them to November months and you're looking for your name to be called and 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 people go off strength of schedule. We just don't want to let that be an excuse as to why our name don't get called. So, you know, uh, we're going to always schedule like that and play those type of games. But like you all said earlier, I would like to do something different and maybe look at playing, you know, SIEC team, somebody like that we get a Division two against a Division II um, HBCU type of game type thing going on. All
1: right. All right, now I want to get on the field for a moment before I turn it back over to Brian. I need you to talk about the 283 by your running back, Jada Byers, against one of the <laughs> top defenses in Division II football. Break it down for me, Coach. He
4: uh, he was one of the few that rushed for over 100 yards against those guys last year. You know, he was a true freshman last year, and he did that. So um, he, he doesn't shy away from competition. He You know, he wants to always play against the best. You know, um, and he's a special type of athlete. So, you know, um, you know, that's why I really didn't hear a lot coming out of, out of our camp about, you know, his performance, because we know what he's capable of. You know, he was the um, uh rookie of the year last year, you know, um, and I think he's making a mark to show he's the best player in the CIAA this year on offense. You know, um, and the performance that he put up yesterday, he put the team on his back. You know, um, he had some big runs. You know, he had some big catches. He he did a lot for us yesterday. I think he totaled about maybe four touchdowns yesterday, three or four, somewhere in that range. Um, three on the ground and one through the air. So you know, um, like correct. I said, he put us on his back. He put us on his back yesterday, and um, he he asks for that type of um, those type of duties, and he wants them. So you know, as a coach, you know, um, <laughs> I have no problem with giving them to him because he's very capable.
1: Yeah, uh, recapping those stats on the ground, 29 attempts, 283 yards, three touchdowns, and a long of 52. That's a 9.8 average for those uh, math nerds out there. And c- catching the ball out the backfield, he had three receptions for 23 yards, one touchdown, and a long of 12. Go ahead, Brian. Uh,
0: so, so, Coach, look, we we uh, when we saw that you put up 77 in week one, I mean, definitely it caught our attention. We we're like, okay, we you are you put 77 on somebody, 77. You know, that, that's, uh, you do the math. That's 11 touchdowns. I don't know if you had 11, uh, but you do the math, right? Yeah. That's what it averages out <laughs> to, right? So, uh, then you go into this week and you put up 45 on Valdosta, but, um, talk a little bit about, the transition from the first quarter into the second, because first quarter you're down six Oh at the end of the first, but you held him to two field goals uh, from long distance, I think uh, 36 and 42. And then all of a sudden in the third quarter, uh, second quarter, excuse me, that's when uh, uh, Jada uh, gets loose. You get a 10 play drive going uh, talk. Uh, tell me about the first quarter and, you know, it was it a matter of feeling the team out Feeling Baldassian uh, State
4: out. I think you, you might be right about that, you know, because generally um, we start pretty strong. You know, even in last season, in most of those games, we started pretty strong on offense, you know, so um, just to kind of come out and play like we did in the first quarter was still a kind of a, you know, a little you know, eye-popping to me a little bit, you know, because we used, like I said, we start strong. But, again, they probably were just filling them out and find, trying to find out exactly, you know, what, they, what their strengths and what their weaknesses was based off of what the scouting report kind of said. And um, that led to us kind of erupting in the second quarter. We scored 24 points in the second quarter. And um, we, we we probably should have had 31. You know, we should have been up, I thought, by maybe 11 points at halftime. We had an interception as the half close and ran it back um and uh we scored and i see a, a a a yellow cloth on the field so um you know um i'm not going to go into how the play went cuz we looked at it a million times trying to figure it out but i thought we should have been up by 11 at halftime you know um but that got called back and and we end up going into halftime up uh 24 to 20 so those guys erupted in the in 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 the, in the second quarter and put everything together we we mounted drives we didn't punt any You know, um, our freshman uh, kicker came in after we got a turnover and and nailed a pretty long field goal for us. So that was something that was good and I was happy to see. And um, like I said, they put it all together in the second quarter, so we went up in the halftime.
0: Right. Go up at the halftime, you're up four. They come out and answer in the third, and then that's really where – Jada begins to break loose. Uh, he ends up with a 22 yard touchdown run. Then a pair of 50 yarders gets a 52 yarder, a 50. You scored three straight times. And before you know it, you're up 45 27. And at, at that point in the ball game, where you're up 45 27, but there's still a lot of time left, it's like tw- almost 13 12 minutes left. What's the thought process? Because you, you're, you're more of a running team at this point, they've been passing the ball pretty much uh, all game by the statistical numbers. What's the mindset in that final 12 minutes or what are you telling your players there?
4: Um, I mean, I guess the message was, you know, um, you know, play to win. Don't play not to lose. You know, um, it was one of those type of things, you know, that you wanted to make sure that everybody kept doing what we doing to kind of get us to this point, you know, so we kept trying to run the ball and we kept doing the things that we felt like had given us some success. But, um They're they're not a championship team for for no reason. You know, they was able to put some things together. And they're they're a great great ball club. You know, um, they drove down the field on us. Um, We had some self-inflicted stuff along the way, but it just seemed like that clock went so slow, you know, um, as it kind of ticked (laughs) on down. You know, um, and and we found ourselves in a a position, I think, where – you know, we were up by maybe, uh, 11 after that point. So we knew they still needed two scores, you know, um, so the offense came back on the field, mounted a small drive and took a little bit of time off the clock. And then, um, the defense went back out there and, um, they, they stopped them on fourth down, I believe a couple of times within that fourth quarter, but we were, we did surrender one more touchdown to those guys. And, um, you know, we didn't let them get a two point conversion. So we were still up by five at that point. And then when they, uh, tried to kick on side kick we recovered it and we were able to kind of um run the clock out And then at that point we, we <laughs> it was time to, it was time to celebrate
0: get get into that uh beautiful victory formation and
1: uh take those final knees right
4: Absolutely Go ahead
1: <laughs> All right uh try to get back to the lab uh tomorrow, coach and the the one thing that I kind of sticks out with me when I look at the stat sheet you guys were four of twelve on third and fourth downs. Well, I say they were eight of sixteen on third downs, but you held them to 0 for five on on fourth downs. So when you get back to the lab tomorrow, what do you do to act short up on your side of the ball offensively, but then on the defensive side to 50, you know, fifty percent on third down is pretty doggone good for a team. So to to make that number get down to about twenty five percent, where you really want to see it, at what what do we need to do when we get back in the lab?
4: Um, the first thing you know, I think we 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 were not happy with were um the the amount of penalties that we had. You know, um again, you know, officiating go a little different ways when you when you when you play in different conferences, things that might be called or not called. On a regular basis that you might see, you know, it's just done a different way. So um, that was something that we kind of had to adjust to a little bit. So I was still not happy with the amount of penalties that we had. Um in had terms the of just
1: re- 120.
4: Yes. You know, um, so which is, is definitely not the brand of ball we play. And, and, and it's not indicative of any team that I coach. So, you know, again, just had to adjust to the officiating. And, and some of those calls – Still trying to get a little bit of clarification on just so when we or if we get a chance to play with another Gulf South officiating crew, we'll we'll be a little bit more abreast of how things kinda of work a little bit better. So um but in terms of, you know, um the the the, the third downs, third downs the turnovers and things like that. You want to make sure you kind of eliminate those, Drew, because you know those are the things that 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 win people ball games. You know, um, I think the week before we were in a we were in the eighty percentile in terms of uh, performing on third downs, and the defense was you know real low. I don't think they gave up one third down conversion the week before. You know, um, so you know just to kind of come out and have a team like this, but that amount of that amount of uh, first downs and in, in, in third-down conversions they had, they ran a lot more plays than we did, you know, because they threw the ball a lot. You know, we kind of grounded it out a little bit, and we had a bunch of um, – we had two drives that were one-play drives. So, you know, um, <laughs> we didn't necessarily have to have the ball as long as they did, you know, um, so that was a stat you kind of throw out the window too. And um, we really didn't have as many third-down conversions and things like that because we got a lot of first downs on first down or second down. So we didn't get the third down a whole lot. So that was something that was pretty big, too. So, you know, um, but it, it's one of those things that you got to make sure you get off the field. You know, you don't want to look up. And, and like I said, you can probably see the play count. They play, you know, um, they, our defense played a lot more plays yesterday than I probably would have liked them to.
1: Yeah, uh, just taking a look at it. Let's see. They had 34, 57. Yeah, that was 80, 91 plays. Yeah, they ran 91 wow. plays against you guys compared mm-hmm. to 56. That's that's right. that's a big discrepancy. But mm-hmm. if you're being efficient on your 56, it doesn't matter as much.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh,
1: now, one, one thing, uh, getting ready to go into CIAA play, Coach. Uh, the last three years you've been at VUU, you've lost five games three of them to Bowie state. I'm not going to ask you, is this your year? Cause I, cause I, cause I, I know what your response is going to be. If I say, <laughs> is, is this your year? But what, 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 what about the CIAA North in general, the difference in, in leadership at Bowie state, you know, what's, what's going to be the difference this year versus years past.
4: Um, you know, hopefully this year we can come out on the winning end, but in terms of like any changes or anything that, that, that have probably been made there, you know, um, it's, it's tough to focus on those, you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta focus on those banners and those rings that they got hanging up up there, you know? So, you know, that's the thing we kind of focus on almost, you know, more than anything else, because, you know, um, it doesn't matter who's coaching those guys. We feel like we feel like they're going to be a good competitive team. So, you know, we just know we got to have our A game ready when we get to October, you know, uh, and when those guys, we go up there tomorrow and face those guys. So, you know, um, it's a lot of ball to be played before then. You know, I think we got to handle business along the way so we can get to that game. And it means as much as everybody kind of wanted to mean. But, you know, I guess like like anything else, we kind of pack this one in and we start to focus on Liverstone, you know. um, And that's kind of became our focus today. You know, I told the guys you get a few hours to enjoy that one. By the time we took that bus ride on back, those few hours was up. You know, it was kind of time to stop. Trying to focus on Livingstone, so you know. Um, but I'll be I'll be lying to you if I said you know um, I don't pay attention to that that date down there in October. You know, um, and we know how important it is.
1: Go ahead, Brian.
0: Drew, look, I, I know uh, Doctor Parker's not going to say this, but the, you know, the schedule makers didn't do them any favors this year. You know, probably by by predictive finishing the top three or three of the top opponents are all on the road so I mean it's sort of a good thing that you went under Valdosta State and got that road win because now it just it's one of those things you can probably tell your guys hey look if we can go if we can go to Valdosta State number two team in the country and get a win we can go to Fayetteville North Carolina Bowie Maryland and the St. Uh, Petersburg but Petersburg and go get a win I mean it just is that further validation um how, I, I was going to ask you, have you got any interesting text or phone calls in the last 12, <laughs> 12 hours uh, or so? Besides any, any, anything me? you can share? <laughs> it, yeah, besides
4: your phone, <laughs> phone up, any, any, anything you can I share? I, get, I, I came off, and by the time I got to the bus yesterday, I had uh, 68 text messages, you know, so a lot of people had watched Ooh. and paid attention. And, um, you know, I got to return the calls. I got to start with, you know, uh, Mom first, you watched it. You know, um, she said, I, "I thought that twelve minutes alone." She said, "That was the longest four minutes of her life." You know, uh, at the end <laughs> of the day, you know. So she watched it, and, you know, she's used to being at the games and things like that. So it makes a difference. You know, um, and, and of course, you know, um, my other assistant coach, my wife, she, 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 she gave her two her, you know, her two bits too. But you know, um, other than that, you know, all the other things were congratulatory. And and everybody kinda wished well and they were proud of what, you know, we had accomplished and and, and they thought we played a great game. So, you know, like I said, you know, from, from looking at it from the way we did, we thought we did too. And you know, and we did it against a great ball club. So I was real happy for the guys and happy for the coaches and happy for everybody that was involved.
0: Definitely, definitely. Well, this uh upcoming Saturday, six PM, right there at Hovey Field, uh, Uh, The Panthers are back home against Livingstone College, Livingstone off a win. So I know that that gives you an opportunity to kind of, you know, refocus your team. And, uh, you know, that's a team. They got a good win. uh, uh, Got a shutout win, I believe. So uh, there's a team that that's coming in, you know, feeling pretty good about themselves. Uh, so it gives you a chance to kind of bring your focus back uh, for, for this. Any any, uh, any special uh, acknowledgements of any players, coaches, or I, I want to give you the last word, Coach. Uh, anybody you want to shout out or, or uh, say hey to, or thank you to?
4: Um, no, just to, just the guys, you know, that for playing hard like they did yesterday, and um, just administration for you know putting everything together for us and, and allowing us to to be able to go and compete like that. That, that wasn't a cheap trip. You know, so um, allowing them to let us do that and put everything together first class like they did. You know, um, our guys felt it. And and, and again, they play like they like they felt it. So, you know, um, just hats off to everybody that's part of the the Virginia Union organization. And, you know, um, and because it's everybody's win, it's just not the football team's win, it's everybody's win. So, you know, we feel good about that. and I just want to thank everybody for that.
0: And where can people support? If they I mean, you know, I feel like this is a kind of win where we you know, like we need to pass the plate. You know, everyone needs to somehow find a way to contribute <laughs> and be a, be a panther for tonight, you know. Uh let
4: Absolutely. people know how they
0: how they can support the program. What's the best way to reach out and do that?
4: Oh man, we got a, a few things, you know, if you go to our website and it'll say like give now. And it have a drop down box. So in that drop down box, you can pick, you know, one of the athletic uh, portions. You can pick any other portions, as long as it goes to Virginia, you know, I'm happy about it, you know. But um, if you want to send it directly to athletics, it's an athletic drop down on there. Um, and when you get on the athletics, it be some football drop down, so you can send it directly to football, and they'll they'll get it. They'll notify me that you know um some things have been you know sent and donated to our account, and and um we're using it to, to continue to move the program.
0: Encourage everybody out there. Uh, whatever you do, don't donate forty five. How about everybody donate forty five? Forty five dollars forty cents. There you go. Everybody let's make a donation. Forty-five dollars forty cents. Find a way to make a donation i'm sure that you know if you can't afford it all at once the school will take two payments i'm sure but whatever you got to do find a way to (laughs) contribute contribute, uh help out virginia union you know we want to help all our hbcus and let's go support each other and uh coach you're on the radar we're gonna be watching the rest of the year the CIAA is gonna be fun to watch down the stretch so uh thank you for your time this evening
4: i appreciate you guys for having me okay
0: you, all right. All right. Be, be safe and good luck the rest of the way. All right. Once again, Dr. Alvin Parker, Virginia Union University. Uh, let's take a break and uh, come back. We'll talk about their win and the rest of the games in the CIAA on the other side. You're watching the BCSN Sports trap. We'll be back in just a moment.
2: It's 2002. Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than
4: 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.EmpowermentResourcesInc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowerment.jax.
1: Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember they can use less.
3: Sweet pillars of softness.
1: This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it
4: back, everybody. Sorry. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more, but it's so absorbent, you can use less, so it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. If <laughs> we all go, why not
0: enjoy
3: the go with Charmin? So
1: shop Melvet Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvitt Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all
3: orders. Shop online at www.melvittboutique.com That's www.melvittboutique.com
4: www.melvittboutique.com
0: Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram.
3: Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique. mangoes caribbean restaurant 180 auburn avenue right next to royal peacock in downtown atlanta for more info or directions call 404-698-3992 or log on to Restaurant.com. for instant coupons text mangos to
1: 313131 hungry,
3: hungry, like mangoes caribbean hungry. restaurant authentic caribbean cuisine. open up
0: the door Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford and A.D. Drew here. Uh, good to be back with you. Joining us now, as you can see, it's our good friend Chris Ferguson at d 2 k Ferg on Twitter. Uh, of course, Chris writes for D2Football.com covering the CIAA. And as always, one of the best follows on Saturday for HBCU Football. You should just... Just go ahead and make sure you have Chris. Uh, however, you get tweets, you know. If you make, if you're like me and do the notifications, you just go ahead and have Chris added in there. That way, when he's when he's tweeting off a firestorm in all caps, you just get it all. Chris, how you doing tonight, <laughs> my man?
2: Doing all right. A little tired after yesterday. It was what a wild day.
0: Definitely. Oh man. Uh I, look hey I I posed the first question out there. Uh I think I posted it last night even this morning. Uh Virginia Union's win over number 2 Valdosta State. Uh the biggest HBCU football win against a PWI since dot dot dot.
2: What would you say? Well, I mean there's there was I mean last year, right? Bowie State um In their run uh, to the quarterfinals, so I mean, both of those teams were ranked. You know, you got to remember that Newberry was the uh, the champion in the South Atlantic. They were, you know, ranked in the middle of the of the polls, top twenty five polls at the time. So, I mean, it's it's very recent. I mean, but I I just don't know if there is a a a bigger win um, than that.
0: Then, then, like what? Knocking off number two at their place,
2: right? Yeah, but that was huge. Um, I'm still just trying to process it all.
0: What What are some of your impressions of that game? I mean, what what it what? I mean, obviously, you can go statistically, individually, uh, thinking about Jada Byers, and you're just like, wow, uh, the the contrast and styles from both teams. What is it about that game that that uh, really has uh, caught your attention, or it still got you kind of thinking about it.
2: Well, early in this game, I think the biggest thing is sometimes HBCU fans will say the coaches are not adjusting enough to what the, what the other team is giving them, and and sometimes that adjust that lack of adjustment is based on the personnel that you have, and you just can't do it. It's just not going to go very well. Well, in Virginia Union's case, they're more of a spread offense. And early on, they, like in like the second or third drive, they just lined up in like this power eye formation, like two tight ends and a fullback, sometimes three tight ends and and a fullback, which is something you don't see very often. And they just took it to Valosta's defense. And I'm like, okay, like we're at halftime. Um, uh, Union's up by four surely Valdosta's going to be adjusting to that right to slow them down well whatever adjustments they made it didn't work because Union just kept pounding 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 and by the end of the fourth middle fourth quarter it it was like the dam just kind of broke because you had Jada Byers run for like those 250 plus yard touchdowns and you're just like whoa like here's uh, HBCU, here's Virginia Union, up by like 18 in the fourth, like middle fourth quarter. Like, oh my gosh, like what is happening? So I, I would say the, the the they adjusted early to what Valdosta was giving them and, and they mostly stuck with it. And it was just incredible to see how efficient that worked. Now on the Valdosta side, because, you know, Valdosta does have to play miles next week. I was really surprised at how little they ran the ball. I mean, you've got a quarterback and two running backs that last year rushed for a 1,000 yards apiece. And yet, Ivory Durham, their quarterback, threw for, I mean, 50, 60 attempts. Three, I mean, that's yeah, just was like
1: 380 or something like that was his yardage.
2: Yeah, and that's just, you know, if he has yardage like that, it's because of big chunk plays. It's not because of trying to, you know, pass for 5, 10 yards down the field. So it, it was just incredible just to see. It, it just felt like Valdosta really isn't fully using their capabilities or they're trying to do a totally different game plan. And it, it's it, it just did not work out last night.
1: Go ahead, uh, Drew. All right, Chris. First of all, uh, when well, you were doing all that tweeting yesterday, were you on your PC or were you tweeting on your phone? I'm just curious. How would how you keep it up? I, I was the, on my phone. phone wow. My tweets, my tweets are always on them. the
2: phone.
1: Wow. <laughs> you, you, I'm surprised you didn't wear the ba- run the battery down on your phone as much as you was tweeting yesterday.
2: <laughs> oh, it, it ran down a couple times, and I had to uh, – uh get grab a charger my live stats were on the on the laptop though but uh um yeah tweeting is always on my phone gotcha gotcha gotcha
1: and while i've got you on here i want to uh publicly thank you for helping open up the opportunity for me to write with you guys at d2football.com you know uh, i know you helped me out with the recommendation there that i needed to get the phone call for, for the interview to write with uh, D2Football.com. So I appreciate you uh, doing that. Now, let's get back to this game from yesterday. Virginia Union right now is averaging 61 points per game. What does that that say to the rest of the CIAA that Virginia Union is averaging 61 points a game through two games?
2: Well, it's not unheard of for a team in the CIAA to have an average that high. Uh, you know, Chowan was kind of there middle of, like, last year. They were at, like, 45, 50 points. And Bowie State was actually the statistical champion in um, in points um, a, couple, a few years ago. So it's not unheard of. I think the issue here is that the Virginia Union is pretty deep. Uh, on both sides of, the, sides of the ball, and because of that, um, yeah, I think you can expect that this average is probably going to stay above 40 as the as the season wears on based on what you're seeing because th- it's not just a Jada Byer show. I mean, they, they've got wide receivers that can certainly catch the ball, and, and and they've got more than one person who can run the ball. I mean, uh, the Second, the second string, he got like one or two touchdowns himself. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 you just, we just have a team that seems like early on has really separated themselves um, where it's like Bowie State and Virginia Union and then kind of like everybody else at this point. All
1: right. And speaking of everybody else, before I get on the bad side, uh, well, I won't say the bad side, though. Side that took L's yesterday. I need you talking to me about another crossover game. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The L. <laughs> I need you to talk to me about another crossover game. This one's with my, my SIAC that I covered, and that would be Lincoln of PA and Central State. So, the, these people don't realize these are regional matchups in in addition to being HBCU matchups. So, these are the type of things that help the uh, conference rating because before that game. CIAA was 0 for SIAC this year. So talk about that victory right there.
2: Well, you know, that one was very unexpected. Uh, you know, Lincoln, when Lincoln wins, uh, it's one of those things of they're very evenly matched. And, like, for example, the last two wins they had have been against Elizabeth City. And that's when Elizabeth City actually was probably favored to win and it kind of surprised them. Well, this was a game that when you watch Central State the week before against West Coast State and they were able to, you know, do some damage um, um, pretty regularly in that game that you just thought that Central State would just kind of roll over. I mean, Lincoln would just kind of roll over and that just didn't happen here. I think, you know, Lincoln's defense has gotten better over the last couple of years. They've started to get more pieces and, and start having more consistency on defense, it's the offense that's been a question mark. And I think you just kind of saw, like, how when it all comes together that they can actually be somewhat competitive. You know, uh, one of the additions for Lincoln was Damir Triplett, who was at Lincoln and transferred um, to FCS school and then transferred back to Lincoln, and he had uh, two of the receiving touchdowns. And I think, you know, somebody like that who was an a all-rookie, all-CI rookie, all C-I-A-A rookie um, um, before he transferred out, um, it, it, it kind of helps to elevate what the rest of the, the, the team is doing. Um, so Lincoln is not going to be a pushover this year. Uh, I, you underestimate them if you want. Um, but I think we're now starting to see that they are starting to get some pieces together. And it was it – still, it was just very, very surprising. I thought Central State was going to be 2-0, and, and a lot of people did, and that just – it's not there. Yeah, it's,
0: 2015. So 2015 was the last time Lincoln had won on the road. I mean, that – what is that, seven years, eight years? That's how long it's yeah. been. So, yeah.
2: yeah. The, the dangerous game for is has always been whoever Lincoln plays for its own homecoming, which has – Been like Elizabeth City, um, and and that's when they've been able to get a win. So, yeah, I mean, that's an incredible uh statistic, but here we are.
1: Here's another statistic: SIC West went 0-5 yesterday. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, every team in SIC West lost yesterday. Uh, speaking of losses, Chris Fayetteville State now, last year. Excuse me, last week, they beat UMC Pembroke, who is a minority-serving institution. This week, they went up against Wingate, who is a uh, historically white college. Since 1993, Fayetteville State has not beaten a HWCU, and the streak continues. What does Fayetteville State got to do to get over this hurdle, man? 1993, since they've beaten a predominantly white school or HWCU, as we like to call them around here.
2: You know, I think FSU just got a really, like, everything that could go wrong in this game went wrong. So, So Fayetteville State only had 57 yards of offense yesterday. I mean, huh? and a lot of that, say that I think say had that to again? do 57 yards of offense.
1: Jeez. Jay Byers had that on a touchdown
2: run by himself. I'm sorry. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I mean, the, the, I think the weather had a lot to do with this game um, because really it, it just wasn't a great situation where, you know, Fayetteville State tries to lean into the pass a lot. And, and, and when it's raining like that, that doesn't go very well. So, you know, we did, I don't know if, um, Kahari Lane is hurt or not. I, I don't, I, cause I didn't watch the game. You know, I just looked at the live stats, but you know, Avery McCall, the, the, the backup quarterback when he's in the game, it tends to be more of a, of a, um, rushing attack. He's more of the athletic mobile quarterback. So, to see him take quite a bit of the snaps sort of means that they were probably looking to just try to see what they could do on the ground. And, and Wingate kind of knew that and they would snuff that out. So I, I just think here that Fable state, you know, was forced to adjust kind of like what we talked about earlier. And they had a very hard time um, doing that. And, and it just really hurt in this game. I mean, 21 points is actually pretty good to give up to the Wingate because that's one of the lower totals for them on defense. But, again, um, I think the weather had a lot to do with this.
1: Go ahead, Brian.
0: Yeah, and and now Fayetteville State gets to play and host – or actually they travel to Lincoln, PA now. So it's like, hey, Lincoln, you know, fresh off a a win, feeling good about themselves. And uh, here you get Fayetteville State who – you know, who knows? Maybe without their their leading quarterback, their uh, starting quarterback. Uh, let's go over to uh, Bowie State's contest, Chris. Uh, number one in many uh, polls and, and different polls, them along with Albany State, depending upon whose poll you look at, uh, number one, head uh, to rally in week one to get the victory. No such rally was in the cards for them as they went up to Michigan to take on Saginaw Valley State. A team they beat last year uh, in Bowie, at Bowie, now 40-12. to 12. Um, What's your thoughts on that contest? Uh, you know, is that just an aberration, or might there be some other issues underlying here that Bowie's going to have to address quickly?
2: So, first of all, I, I enjoyed your pun about it wasn't in the cards, given that Saginaw Valley's mascot is the Cardinals. So I just want to point that out. It's natural, it's, it's natural that those kind of things happen. Not <laughs> second planned of all. It all. Um, <laughs> second of all, um, you know, um, Bowie State is still, I think, trying to figure out how they want to operate offensively. Uh, you know, uh, DJ Golat, who's, you know, the quarterback here, is not as dynamic uh, of a playmaker as Jerome Johnson was. He's more of a, a pocket passer. Um, and, and so, you know, Jerome really kind of hurt defenses by making you having to respect the run and that kind of opened up a lot of passing lanes. Um, here is not the case. This is more like Amir Hall and trying to pass the ball. And so uh, I think that hurts because what kind of happens is when you try to get the running game going, it, it, the running game may not always be there, and it's even more costly when you have fumbles and you lose those fumbles and, and give it to the other team. And, and you did yeah. have one such case of that uh, when they were driving, uh, when they, they lost the ball, like I, I believe it was in the red zone. So, you yeah. know, mistakes like that are hard to to, to address. And then also, second Valley Valley is just a better team than they were a year ago. And uh, they, they they're always kind of a sleeping giant in that conference, uh, and every so often they sort of emerge as trying to trying to ri- uh, uh, rival uh, Grand Valley and, and Ferris. I don't know if they're quite to that level, but they're trending up more so than down. And I think that that with Bowie State kind of you know sort of coming back to earth a little bit, that that yeah you got you got what you got. So really here this is a combination of Bowie's buoy's offense really still trying to figure things out and uh and going on the road that doesn't really um help very much
0: um moving over we'll we'll come back to talk about Bowie here uh a little bit later um i i hate to hate to point out uh, your rams uh a a tough loss against uh <laughs> North Carolina Central, Uh, two consecutive tough losses to open. Uh, How long has it been since uh, Winston-Salem and uh, Central played? Has it been since Central was in the CIAA? Has it been that long?
2: No, they played last year. They played last year, and, and that was a game that Winston should have won last year. Sure it okay, is. so maybe I'm thinking yeah.
0: last year it was uh, – last year was the year when they, prior to last year they hadn't played in long. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, okay. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, obviously I, I don't know if you want to go into it. If not, you can just say, hey, it is what it is. We just kind of keep moving. Um, hey, no, I mean <laughs> – Look, I'm and a, I asked this because – I, I asked this because their coach obviously comes in from – you know, he was the interim – that thing lasted through a pandemic. He finally gets the job. Now he's off to the tough start. And I know you, you know, Ram Nation, you guys are rabid. I, I understand that. So I know it's got to be people. I don't know what those message boards are like, Chris, but, uh, you know, what the Ram Nation, are, are they still behind uh, the, the, the coach and the plans? I mean, what, what's the vibe there?
2: Wisconsin State has a lot of problems right now. Um, you know, they have two young, um, uh, coordinators, for example, that are, um, just not really producing right now. I think it might be like more on the job training, it feels like, um, but, you know, at the same time, like, Winston State wants to run the ball. They're like the reverse of Louis. So they're going to run the ball 20, 30, even 40 times a game, and that doesn't that's a very hard sell against you know North Carolina Central that has the depth to kind of match that, and kind of similar to to Bowie, you know they had an opportunity to, to score in the first quarter, and when when uh, Richard Latimer threw the interception in the end zone, that was it. Like after that, it was like the momentum just went just away. It was gone, um, and and uh, even they had a true freshman that played um, in the second half at quarterback. So, you know, Central State's schedule is actually, like, relatively light, you know. So they didn't get it done against Central State. They have Elizabeth City, who is really, really, really struggling on offense coming up. Uh, you've got Lincoln. That's going to be somewhat competitive now. You've got Troon, who is still trying to figure out their offense. And then you've still got, you know, the rest of the CIW South, you know, so the wins are the potential wins are there. Um, but oh, yeah. can 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 the offense pull it together and the defense hold? I, I just don't know the answer to that. Um, you know, I, I feel like these days I'm more of going to the wssu.edu site than the wssu com site because I'm just like, <laughs> good grief, I can't take this, I can't take this right now.
0: Yeah, the uh the next six or seven, I mean, those, those are favorable. I see what you're talking about. The schedule, the schedule does brighten up if they can figure it out quickly. I mean, not you know, no all respect yeah. to all those other opponents. But if you're if you're Winston Salem State, you're thinking, Okay, we've got teams that are either on our level or we should be a step better than them. And if we're not, we're in trouble. So right. that that's that so who knows where they could be by the time they uh, run into that mid-October matchup against uh, Fayetteville State. So, yeah, a lot, lot on the table. Uh, Drew, uh, go ahead. We only got about five more minutes here with Chris. Go
1: ahead. I was going to talk about one of those state, one of those teams that Winston-Salem State has to play in mid-October. That's going to be the Shaw Bears, who uh, lost yesterday in a game that they statistically – Dominated the game. I won't say dominated, but they won in every major statistical category. I mean 407 yards to 345, no turnover. The game had no punts in it by either team. That's that's kind of hard to uh to imagine in today's games. Look almost like a Madden game. Uh Shaw 13, six of thirteen on third downs. I mean, time of possession was pretty much even. How the hell did Shaw lose his game, man?
2: What about fourth down? What was the the statistic for fourth oh for, down?
1: Oh for two when they were one for one. They were uh they were Wayne State was three for eleven on third downs and one for one on fourth down. So like I say, Shaw Shaw statistically won the game. No turnovers in the game by either team. I mean, it's just like how do you lose a game like this?
2: Well, a couple of things here. So Wayne State. Oh, check is, that. Check is, that. They, I
1: just I just filed it. They they fumbled the ball twice. My bad.
2: Yeah, I, I was gonna say that uh, Wayne State's a grind grinded out team. They're a running team. Like a good sixty seven percent of their plays are probably gonna be run plays. Um, so th- that tends to extend the game for one. So you don't you get limited chances on uh, if you're the opposing offense. But, yeah, turnovers, again, turnovers are a big deal, and the inability to convert in critical times is also a big issue uh, for Shaw. In my column last week, I wrote that, you know, this was a winnable game for Shaw, but they just can't seem to get put a complete game on the, you know, offensively, and, it, and that's really what they needed to pull off, really, what is an upset here. Um, so, no, the score, they, they lost by eight, but the score is on, honestly a little deceiving because that, that last score was their last touchdown, the two-point conversion was was like when the game was like almost over. Um, but I think you just seeing Shaw really kind of struggle to put together uh, that complete game on offense.
1: And you, you speak of Wayne State's uh, ability to run. They ran 60 plays on offense, 44 of them or rushing plays. So my last question before I turn it back over to Brian to close it out. Chris, we've seen two weeks of non-conference CIAA matchups. Has anything changed in your mind from what you wrote in D2Football.com as far as who you project to come out in the north and the south based on these first two weeks?
2: The south is probably still a favorable state at this point. Um, you know, it's really down. I think it's going to be Fayetteville State and Shaw. I think Johnson C. Smith probably doesn't have the defense just yet. Livingstone has the defense, probably doesn't have the offense right now. And, and then you got the rest, which will not be named. Um, and then you've got, <laughs> and then you've got the North, and, and Virginia Union certainly looks like that scary. Uh, that scary team right now, and so uh, you know VUU Bowie is is probably the, the the matchup to watch right now, and everybody else playing spoiler at this point. Um, but yeah, I think VUU I had them probably uh, too low. I had I debated between putting them three and four in preseason, um, and because I needed to see kind of how they were going to perform, and, and and I think that may be uh, a little too low. But you know, with respect to to Bowie State. Uh, uh, I think that Virginia Union is, is definitely going to give, going to be pushing them really, really hard to get over that hump and get back to the championship game.
0: Uh, a couple of things that I, as I look forward and project, as we were talking to Dr. Parker, uh, Virginia Union right now, the only team in the CIAA that's unbeaten. Uh, everybody else either has a one and one record or they're 0 and 2. And they're the three toughest opponents, based on people's predictions, Bowie, Virginia State, and Fayetteville State are all road games. So it's interesting to see that after you have a big win on the road against the number two team in the country, it you know, look, I mean, you you can't go into those thinking, oh, they can't win that road game because they just showed you they can be the top-notch team on the road. And so I, I think it does shift the... The line now where if you were say, hey, who's your favorite? I got to think Union is your favorite now, and it's going to be up to everybody else, sort of. Their job is to beat them and see if you can beat them. Can you keep them from scoring? What did you say the average was, Drew? 60-something at this point? 61. Yeah. Um, and uh, who, who's first up for that challenge? I think it's uh, uh, Livingstone this upcoming week. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, good 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 luck with that. Now they got a win though. <laughs> Anything's possible. I, 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 I,
2: yeah, I, I would just say though that, you know, remember Bowie State beat a ranked team too, right? So it's not as high as Virginia yeah. Union, but there's some respect to be had um, um there for, for Bowie State. You know, I, I think the dark horse that is still my dark horse, which is Virginia I mean Virginia State. Um, and, and one thing I do want to point out as much We're looking at uh, Jada Byers um, uh, uh, last night that it seems like every time we have like a spectacular game, particularly from a running back like this, there's true running backs that have a spectacular game. So I definitely want to highlight uh, Darius Higgins from Virginia State because he also rushed for like 261 yards uh yesterday as well in in virginia State's win so you know the the competition has gotten a a little bit lighter for them after that you know tough loss to lenore ryan which they were somewhat competitive in and so you know they to me are are kind of the spoiler here
0: yeah i'm I'm glad you brought that up because i think we had that last week as well you know we had a guy uh, it might have been a different conference, but we had a guy with a big 200 night, and then you look over and say, oh, there's somebody else. But he was like 10 yards less and maybe one less touchdown, and maybe their team didn't win. I don't know. But, but yeah, you're right. When we get those weeks, you know, so that's two consecutive weeks we've had a pair of 200-yard uh, rushers. So uh, who will it be in week three? Um, as we look ahead, this upcoming week three, probably the spotlight game is uh, Bowie State traveling to Shaw uh, entertaining as heck game last year. I mean, still thinking about how Bowie State snatched a victory from the jaws of defeat, uh, thanks to some horrendous special teams. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure people will be talking about that uh, all day. Any other? I mean, uh, any other game that we should be paying attention to, where that has your uh, has your eye, or might be a little interesting tidbit uh, other than uh, Shaw Bowie.
2: Well, I, I, on the other side of the spectrum, you got uh, a city and Woodstown state, you know, because it's kind of a race to the bottom there. And I think it just shows like how wide of a disparity the CIAA can be sometimes. So while you have Bowie last year that went, that did extremely well, you kind of had a, a pair of like one, one win teams. Now you've got two teams that are hungry for a win and those wins for whoever doesn't win is is probably going to be very hard to come by. So I, I think that's a really interesting, somewhat evenly matched game, and, uh, and 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 I want I really want to see how how those two teams are going to come out after kind of uh, they both got shut out last week. If you like defense, this might be a good game to watch. <laughs> gotcha.
0: Ah, got uh, yes got the it. the the annual the annual chase to Get the first, or get, let me phrase this right. The annual chase to not go winless has begun, and it's only week <laughs> two. So uh, you got the next eight weeks are going to be enjoyable to watch as teams will be fighting to uh, get that first win of the year. And so uh, we'll just see how it goes. Uh, Chris, let the people know where they can find you. I know you guys got a show coming up later tonight. Let the people know all about all the good stuff you guys are doing.
2: Yeah, so uh, 8 o'clock Eastern, uh, we have uh, Inside D2 Football uh, on the D2Football.com uh, uh, YouTube channel, Facebook channel. Uh, so, you know, that's going to be fun, especially tonight, because we, we will have Dr. Parker on for that as well and, and, and having some discussions about, you know, Bowie State also as a ranked team. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, at D2K Ferg, you can probably me on Instagram on the same handle as well, where I do post videos and things like that. So, you know, it, it's uh, pretty busy uh, around around these parts with uh, everything that's going on, uh, and, and the CIAA, you know, garnering a, a lot of uh, attention. So, uh, so yeah, that's where you can find me.
0: And if you are not familiar with Chris's one-word summaries following the day in CIAA, you are missing a treat. Uh, Very creative stuff. Uh, I I think my favorite this week has to be Shawan Short. That's it. That's (laughs) it. it. Just one word. Short. Uh, Two points. Two points. (laughs) uh, Two points. Short. Beautiful stuff, Chris. Hey, uh, thank you, man, for joining us. We'll see you down the road. Uh, remember, guys, make sure to follow Chris. Uh, give him a shout-out and make sure to follow him. Best follow on Saturday. Tweet storms. Be ready. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break. we got to give out some grades and some uh, shout-outs from the week two and start to look ahead at week three. You're watching the BCSM Sports Wrap. We'll be back in just
3: a moment. The Couvet Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified Constant Contact Specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvée. If you think all pads are exactly the same,
1: think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's Reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors
0: in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak free and odor free
1: comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like
3: never before. Time to call a credit repair company to fix my credit. Hold the phone, man. You can do it yourself with Credit Versio. That's way too hard. Call the credit repair company. Most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time, making it slow and expensive. You won't figure that out for months. <laughs> Ignore him. Credit Versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus, finds the accounts that are hurting your score, and guides you through the entire process. Anyone can do it. Let's fast forward and see the results. <laughs> wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together we can be the change.
4: as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports with me, the Dean, the college of HBCU sports on Dr. DeVille's inside HBCU
3: sports lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop course lecture dismissed. We are making the virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman online. We offer online degrees in business, criminal justice, psychology, and religion. Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at Stillman.edu. Stillman College, where we prepare you for a different world.
0: Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap, Brian Fulford and A.D. Drew. And joining us right now, uh, contributor uh, to the program, Mr. Kelvin Carter. Kelvin, how you doing tonight?
3: Hey, doing well, man. Doing well, enjoying a great weekend of um, watching football and, um, you know, catching in on the uh, Black College Sports Network. So, you know, glad to be here. Yes,
0: sir. Well, one of the shout-outs, uh, you know, coming up here, uh, we want to let people know that uh, coming up after our show, you'll get a chance to watch Grambling State's win against Northwestern State, part of the Shreveport Classic, which, uh, you know, they can watch on HBCU League Pass Plus. So a uh, good chance to watch the replay of this contest. And, you know, we talk about the importance of, of our HBCU teams, especially those in the SWAT getting wins against HWCU. So big win for Grambling uh, last night. Uh, even though they're not in the top ten and we don't have a grade for them, I would I would probably grade them a B plus. almost might give them an A, Drew. Uh, what kind of grade would you give Grambling for the big win over uh, the HWCU last night?
1: Well, consider what they did last week and how we graded them last week, B plus A minus, uh, because not only did they win, but they won pretty convincingly.
0: Yeah, we we were pretty we were pretty rough on Gramlin uh the, the the previous week. <laughs> and we, we had our them reasons was- to be. Well, yeah, we, you know, we, again, we, we, we revised the rubric. So, you know, but anyway, they uh, definitely a good, a good effort by, by Grambling. Um, That's Hugh Jackson's first win for Grambling. Uh, It's a good win over the Southland conference. Uh, Grambling ended up with uh, 41 unanswered points after Northwestern state scored early in that quarter. Uh, Grambling's defense Lights out, forcing five turnovers, two picks, three fumble recoveries. And all this while Gramley ran 39 fewer plays than Northwestern State. One of those stats that I was paying attention to. Um, you know, and, and got to give a shout out to their quarterback, uh, Quaterius Hawkins, who was 13 of 23, 293 yards and three touchdowns. Went, went off in the second quarter, I think, is where, um, you know, I think is where he scored a lot of his points. Kelvin, what kind of, what kind of grade would you give uh grambling for the uh, turnaround from one week to the next week and getting a win on a neutral site?
3: Well, I, I, I'll push and give them probably about a B plus. Um, and the reason why I'm saying that is based upon that previous game that they had played. And like you said, you gave him a scathing review last week. Um It's, I'm, I'm looking down the schedule on the Arkansas State piece because Arkansas State plays Memphis next week. So I'll see how this balance kind of comes out because we don't really know what type of team Arkansas State was, although they did probably you know, get have a situation earlier that um, would lead us to having a different opinion of Grambling. But I think Grambling's a B-, minus. but I think coming into the swag as the conference, gets, conference play uh, rolls on, uh, that September 17th uh, date, against Jackson state is going to be one that's going to, you know, going to be the telltale sign.
0: All right. Well, let's go through uh, the, the, as we like to do with our, with our grades, we're going to go through the top 10. We got to be quick in and out with our analysis. And so we're starting based on the top 10 from the HBCU pro sports media major and mid major polls. Uh, new polls will be coming out here probably in the next 48 hours 24 to 48 hours but number one last week and probably will be again this week Jackson State 16 to 13 went over Tennessee State uh I would grade them I think we graded them about a B plus Kelvin where would you put Jackson State's performance at uh, last night
3: uh, definitely a B plus they ran up on a staunch defense uh, the defense was really tight. But I do really like the fact on the B-plus that they were patient and they didn't really give the ball away trying to force the issue in that game. So a B-plus is what I give.
0: I don't know if you agree with me on this, Drew. I I think the only reason we're not giving them A before people jump down our throat, three red zone opportunities that turn into field goals. Three field
1: goals. I mean – Exactly.
0: Yeah. You know, and and so, come on now, Jackson State. You you have an A-plus performance by the defense. You know, probably a Uh, you know, when you average it out, probably came out to like an eighty-nine. You know, ninety gets you an A, eighty-nine gets you a B plus, right? Sounds fair, okay, exactly. All right, all right, yeah. Right.
1: That,
0: what, what, what was that at last oh, week against
1: Fabu? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I just went off on a tangent. What was that against Fabu? Right, again. I I will say it. I'm gonna say this <laughs> oh. again
0: for the general public. This is going to be historic defense for Jackson State. Don't record me saying this. I don't want to hear this run back all throughout the year. All right. I said it. I said it. I'm done. I'm only going to say it one time. Moving on.
1: I'm going to move on. No, stop. Don't say what you're No, no. no. This this real self. You know, people lie, numbers don't. Jackson State has not given up a touchdown in two games this year. Field goal, field um, this goal. Season, field eight quarters, this quarters, season, eight quarters. Eight quarters, this goal. season. So numbers don't lie. Yes. You might be right, Brian.
0: Number two, North Carolina Central. They won 41 to nothing over Winston-Salem State. Uh, give them a solid eight performance uh, for for North Carolina Central. Uh, Kelvin, your thoughts there?
3: Yep, solid performance. Uh, 13 points in the first quarter. Uh, 14 points coming out of halftime and then seven in the fourth. And they basically goose egged them throughout. So, def- definitely, you know, a performance in this, in this win.
0: Be, be interesting to see uh, if Central stays uh, number two or, or pick some extra votes, um, doing what they're supposed to do. Here we go, number three. Preview last week, man, primed. Uh, lost twenty-one to thirteen to Abilene Christian. I got, we gave them a solid C, Drew. They they missed an opportunity to get a big win, did they not?
1: Yes, yes, they did. I mean, when they were in the third late in the third quarter, I believe it was, they were up thirteen seven. Should have gone for the field goal. Instead, they go for it on fourth down. They don't get the they don't get the conversion. And it seemed like the momentum for the game totally shifted to Abilene Christians. Preview was not able to get anything else going on offense. And Kevin, before you give your grades, we've adjusted our Ruby for this one thing. If you do not win your game. The highest <laughs> grade you could get is a C plus. That okay. is the one thing that Dr. Cavill made us adjust on our rubric. Keep that in mind when you give your grade.
3: All right.
0: Your, your thoughts there on preview, AML.
3: Um, I, I think I'm, I'm with him. C plus. Um, the one thing that's very noticeable is did not score after halftime, where that's a challenge. So you score seven, you score six, but you come out in the third and fourth quarters and score any points. So it, it leads you to believe that there's um, some challenges in the adjustments coming out of half. So C plus, it, it is what it is.
0: Uh, number four last week was Alabama State. Actually, got a couple of first place votes. Uh, you know they're the only at the time they were only two and only two and O team uh, in HBCU football. Uh, lost 45-7 to seven, traveling to play UCLA. They did cover the 41-and-a-half point spread, and I think because of that we gave them a C plus. C+. Uh, any, any commentary there, Drew or Kelvin, you want to add anything?
1: Give me my check.
3: Give me my check. Well, uh, I, will, I will say this. When you cover against these universities, it, it, it is a big deal. They went out, they covered – And it was really interesting, like, if you look at the the stat line on the game, you know, they again, they didn't score after halftime, but it looks like what we saw was a situation where uh, UCLA had, you know, pulled out the ones and put the twos and threes in. So they covered, C-plus on the road, let us get the bag. But as we talked about AD, about what does that bag really consist of?
0: Yeah, well, hey, hey, nobody got a bag – Nobody got a bag like the one Southern got, the number five team on the poll. They may have lost 65-17 to against LSU, playing in Death Valley at night. But, boy, they didn't have to travel far to get that $750,000. I watched a little bit of the fifth quarter. I watched some of the halftime show. Uh, Grade of a C for Southern. Uh, Just the fact that they got 17 points, pretty impressive. They, too, covered the 48-and-a-half barely covered it and they took the total over. So winner winner chicken dinner, if you took my recommendations, uh those who know know. Any thoughts there, guys?
1: I I'll go first and I'm gonna take it off the football field. LSU played deck. I'm still bad about that.
0: Oh yeah. Well that's what they do. They they <laughs> LSU big them in Florida State, they seem to be the two bands that they've Stolen neck, um I mean, for you know for for lack of a more creative word, um reappropriated it for for their purposes. Uh and they they turned it into a uh, big play anthem. Big play anthem. Here comes net by Florida State or
1: and, LSU. So Hey, you know what they have at common, Brian? Both of them have an HBCU uh, right across town.
0: Go ahead, go ahead now, uh, Kelvin. Any thoughts there on Southern? Did you get a chance to watch any of the halftime or the fifth quarter?
3: Uh, hey, I watched the merged halftime. I think in both times last week with Fam and UNC, that was. I think I don't think that that really got enough publicity. That merged show between the UNC band and the Fam band, and I don't think this one got any coverage at all. Southern and LSU performing together, but the one thing that's interesting is if App State gets one 5 million to play at college station. I'm just mystified by the fact that we just diminished ourselves for 760. And as AD and I spoke about, only because you didn't have to travel and you walked across the street to play, you kept more of the bag. How how is it that they get 1.6? Well, App got 1.60 well, let,
0: let me ask this. I'm glad you brought that up, and I'm curious. Does part of that have to do with the number of players that are traveling? Because obviously, App State being an FBS is going to travel with a bigger party than what Southern travel squad is still on
1: 85. Your travel squad is still on 85 players plus support.
0: But even at the, but at the, at at the, not at the FBS, uh, FCS level, is it?
1: FBS, well, FCS, you you can travel with that, you can travel with that number. It's just they aren't all, obviously, they aren't all full scholarship players, but I think your but, travel squad is limited to that 85 irregardless, plus your support staff. But, yeah, but it's... Southern- can- Go ahead,
3: Kelvin. Well, no, I think the question was Southern was an FCS going to LSU for 760s. Yes. App State is an FBS, correct? Which yes. conference do they play in? They got uh, 1.6. Sun- Sunbelt. Some, yeah, they got
0: one point six, and they walked out of there Ooh. with a win. They they pulled a they pulled a Sam Washington. Give me my money. <laughs> they pulled, yeah, they pulled a Sam it. Washington. They they walked in there, got a win, and took the bag. Gosh, that's uh that's dirty. Hey, uh, uh psychedelic literature dropped that. They uh neck they they Pat Boone neck. I love the way that that's great. <laughs> they Pat Boone neck. <laughs> Beautiful. Well said. Uh, let's get back into this quickly. Hampton University. Here's a team that I expect to move up in the rankings, probably because of people's losses. Uh, Hampton, who's number six, beat Tuskegee forty-two to ten. Uh, they are now two and zero on the year. Got Norfolk State coming up. I can We gave them a grade of B. Um, Kelvin, your thoughts, and then Drew, jump in there if you want to add anything.
3: I would say I, I give them a B, but does. They're moving up above Southern. Does the does the win at Tuskegee uh, trump the covering of the spread by Southern at LSU? I don't know if they move above Southern. I, I, that, that's my point. They do get a B, uh, in in my opinion. Uh,
0: that's interesting. You know what, that, Drew? That's an interesting question. How you evaluate moves? Like, like, look, we know it's a loss, but it's a, it's not a loss. Isn't a loss because you kind of covered. So is covering uh against an upper level team better than winning against a lower level team? That's an inter- interesting uh interesting thought there. I'm I'm kind of curious to see what's going It, what depend, the it come depends
1: on which side of the bet line that you played.
0: <laughs> there you go. Uh number uh, seven, I this.
1: Hold, hold up, I gotta get my thoughts on this Hampton uh Tuskegee game and I'll be real brief. Tuskegee. I tried to spare you. I tried to spare you. Go ahead. I I, I got to get this one off though. Tuskegee zero and six is getting to six ninety nine. When are we gonna get to seven hundred?
0: I think you got to stop talking about it personally. I think ever since you've been talking about it, it, you keep losing. I just don't don't mention it and see what happens. Just you know, uh, an article written <laughs> no, for a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> you're just sitting on that article don't just wait to hit sin wait to hit sin it's in the inbox hey it's in the drafts kelvin it's in the draft draft bin just sitting there waiting like come on now i gotta change the coach i gotta change the headline with the coach's name now all this other stuff i got you drew Uh, number seven is tennessee state lost 16 to 3 tennessee state falls to 0-2 i hate to say best 0-2 team in black college football I don't know. Maybe uh, gave him a C minus because uh, after scoring on their opening drive, nine punts, nine punts. Um, you know, any any thoughts, Calvin? Uh, there on Tennessee State, and then jump in there, Drew. Afterwards.
3: Well, I, I do believe Tennessee State is probably better than if I look at you know look at the list. They're probably the third best team in in in, in all honest. Uh, I think if, if if but they're about to go into OVC play which is going to limit our exposure to them moving forward. So we'll be comparing them not in a real grid in the, in, in this type of polling culture. Uh, so, yes, I think they're the third best team on the poll, but they lost, so they get a C plus.
1: There you go. Drew? Shout out to Tennessee State defense and running game. Let's move on.
0: Number eight is South Carolina State. Here's another team interested to see how they move. Get blown out week one against UCF. They respond by going on the road, winning 33-9 over Bethune-Cookman. The previous six or seven matchups had all been with a score. Within one score, this time they put up 33, uh, hold Bethune-to-9. Four turnovers, four interceptions. B.J. Davis gets two of them, even takes one of them to the house. Uh, We give South Carolina State an A. Drew, uh, South Carolina State, talk about them.
1: South Carolina State, believe it or not, they are the only FCS HBCU with a true road victory thus far this season. And remember, I say true road victory. I'm not talking neutral sites. I'm talking about going into hostile territory and coming out with a W.
0: Well, interesting. Kelvin, thoughts?
3: Um, I'm, I'm I align with him on that. Not a neutral site uh, where your people can just float in. They went in, got a victory. Um, I I watched a little, a lot of that footage. They are strong, and we, we'll see the telltale of this. I'll, I'll be studying Bethune Cookman moving forward um, through through the swag to see how they fare.
0: Uh, number nine on that poll, Alcorn State uh, lost fifty-two to nothing to Tulane. Uh, our first D. Uh, I think we grade him a D. We might have gave him We, we might have been a little harsher last week, but we're only giving them a D because they are going up against Tulane, an FBS out of the uh, uh, what is it, the American, uh, the American yeah. Athletic Conference.
3: Yeah. Uh,
0: but but still, uh, fifty-two to nothing pretty bad loss thoughts guys
3: um they definitely get an F from me uh, i'm an alumni <laughs> so i watched the game i, I watched the, i watched the game with a critical lens um i didn't see anything other than the fact that um in this instance you just can't show up for the check the kids have to show up we have to, the, the coaching has to be there um they are a mid-tier american conference team we performed much better last week in much more adverse conditions against Stephen F. Austin. And th- this should not have been a situation where they don't at least cover. Although they were missing their punter, as someone said. But uh, there's no need for them not to cover this game. To not score is really where the F comes in.
0: Right.
1: Drew? Kelvin summed it up. I I that's an alum speaking. I can't add, I can't top that, man. Yeah, right. I like that. See,
0: we let the alum – look. If you're an alum, you can give a team an F, right?
3: Yeah, 100%. It, I, just, I mean, it was I just mean, totally, it threw me off so bad. I was like, I know we're going to score because we scored. When we went to New Mexico, we scored. When couldn't we even get a US field school, goal. We when we go to Mississippi State, we score. You know, it's, it's, it's so challenging when you don't score. And this is not Mississippi State or or USM it's Tulane. I mean, it's Tulane.
0: Exactly. Exactly. It's Tulane. That, that's exactly right. That's exactly what you, that's what I'm thinking. You should be able to least score some points on Tulane. Um, that makes me nervous for Alcorn going forward. Number 10 was UAPB 76 to three took on the United States. I mean, excuse me. They took on North American from out of the <laughs> uh, I don't, think I still don't called know what that. Those initial, I still don't know what those initials are, but they did everything you're supposed to do against an inferior an opponent. Uh, you know, varsity yeah. playing the JV. Uh, you get an A from me for doing what you're supposed to do. Uh, your thoughts, uh, Kelvin, for uh, UAPB.
3: So drew drew AD, and i had this conversation last week so as i was understanding the dynamics of the scholarship situation now this is an interesting dynamic 76 to 3 versus uh drew correct me if i'm wrong 55 scholarships versus 35 scholarship uh equivalents Six. i don't know if uapb beats tuskegee like this so I, i'll have to do a little bit more background on north american university to see where they're at in their program maturity level i'll put them above the braids at this point
1: look national christian collegiate athletic association that's what those initials uh, stand for and if i recall i don't think they give out scholarships I may be wrong, but I don't think they get if they are they are they are very few or far between. That's what Pain has dropped down to. I believe that's where Virginia Union is. And shout out to Virginia Union. They almost pulled off the upset against Presbyterian, even though we haven't got to the smaller schools yet. They almost pulled up the upset against Presbyterian uh, yesterday.
0: You mean Virginia Union Lynchburg. Let's let's clarify yes. because we
1: we, we spoke Virginia to the head University coach of Virginia Union
0: University.
1: That, that's
0: why I got first. V-U-L. Yeah, yeah, people are like, wait D-U-L. a minute. D-U-L. What happened? Virginia Union dropped down to where? Yeah, you got no. throwing people off no. all of D-U-L. a sudden. V-U-L. V-U-L.
1: <laughs> yes, V-U-L. V-U-L. V-U-L-N-C-C-A-A. Sorry, Dr. Parker. Okay. All right.
0: all right. All um, right. Interesting. It'll be interesting to see where UAPB moves in the polls. So that was the previous top ten. Um, I, any thoughts on the top 10 heading into this week? Uh, where who's your number two, three, and four after Jackson State, Drew?
1: Who did I vote now? You got me going to pull it out. Well, Central I, I was my put, number two. Central was my number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Go- Go to Kelvin right quick. I'm supposed to actually pull up my poll right quick. I don't want to. Kelvin, who who
0: after Jackson State, who's your who would you put as your two, three, four, and five?
1: Uh my two, three,
3: four goes Prairieville, North Carolina Central, um Tennessee State. I would put up at four, and then I would pile right behind that with uh, Southern Hampton PB, uh, South Carolina State. I would leave them right where they are for another week. Uh, drop all corn down to like 20 and then i'll go just to find somebody to replace him. Hmm.
0: interesting interesting i i think i i think i and I, I i'm not gonna go look mine up since drew's looking his up but i think i went central too i think i moved hampton up to three and i think hmm. i have, i think i have south carolina state four and then i might have prairie view or Alabama State at five. I, I don't know exactly, but that's sort of what my top three or four
1: look like. Go ahead, Drew. I had Grambling at five, Hampton at four. I'm trying to see who I had at three because I, I, there's a debate about Preview at I, three. I, I did move. Central for him at again. two. Yeah. Central at two. Okay. That's what I had.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think I moved rambling in inside of mine as well. Uh, okay, real quick, the mid-major Division one, we got to move quick on it I'm going to give a personal shout-out here on this level to Savannah State. Give them a grade of an A. I, and I say this because Savannah State got whopped the previous week, 34 straight points right out the box. What did they do? They turn around, went on the road to Edward Waters, and got a win. Um I the final score escapes me right at the moment. Uh I think it was another one possession. Oh, 31-28 I believe was the score, which thus I think that is now the third consecutive loss for Edward Waters by less
1: than a touchdown.
0: By yeah, by less than a touchdown. So, uh and, and the score is not really in well, I don't know. They 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 cut it to thirty-one to twenty-eight with about 11-12 in the fourth quarter. So there was still some time, but still, just Edward Water still still trying to get that first win of the, the season. The best
1: zero three team in Division two football right there now. There you
0: go. There you go. Right there. Uh, all right. Here we go. Number one in the mid major poll. Uh, real quick, guys, because uh, the top three teams all lost. Bowie State lost to Saginaw. Albany State lost to FAMU Fayetteville. Lost to uh, Fayetteville State. Lost to Wingate, twenty-one to three. I think all are probably receiving grades of, uh you know, Bowie State C minus. Albany State C plus. Fayetteville, Fayetteville, I'd probably give a C minus. Might even go D for Fayetteville personally. I expected more than just three points. Uh, a very late three points at that. Uh, especially you know, given the fact that there were people who voted them number one. Uh, Drew, your thoughts there uh, quickly on uh, those three teams at the top of the poll.
1: I think all is fair. The question is, how far will these three teams drop? Because Virginia Union is probably going to be your new number one team. Can either one of these bump? Can either one of these teams be number two despite their despite their loss? That's the question.
0: What are your thoughts, Kelvin?
3: So I'm um, I'm just questioning how does virginia virginia as well right the lane fourteen zero. No, no, no 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 virginia that union was benedict. that was benedict. benedict oh okay benedict beat got lane you yes, yes beat lane so yeah so that's 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 part for the course i i really think that but i do think that although fayetteville state was uh, was was a little what's the word for disappointing with the three points i think they still stay right there in that spot
0: and that three spot. Yeah. Uh I, I kinda yeah. think the one team that might still get some love and some first place votes, Drew, is Albany State. Just by the simple fact that they did travel to play a Division One opponent. And and for relatively I mean, I thought they, they held their own. Anybody who watched the game, if you watch it on HBCU go, uh you, Albany State sort of held their own. They they didn't fall apart against florida a&m uh so that might be the contender but number four though who might get jumped is fort valley state all they did is win they are the number four ranked team they won nine seven State. that's all they did was win so i mean you know there are people who will say well they won so i'm gonna move them up i, I don't know if it works that way what grade would you give fort valley state drew uh
1: i would give them a solid b look I'm gonna give a B plus just for the simple fact that the game took two hours and 29 minutes. Anytime you could go game to a out. college football game and get in and out, two two hours and twenty-nine minutes. And let's think about that in real time, y'all. We know halftime is 20 of those of, of that of their time. So they played less than two hours of football, y'all, when you add the halftime into that. So uh More power to these two teams. Both those teams, uh, Kentucky State and Valley, ran the ball 83 times combined. So uh, very clean game. Uh, Valley just had the better team on this state. They got up early. Defense held out. uh, But you'll read more about that on my D2Football.com
0: article uh, on the SIEC. Nice plug. Go ahead, uh, Kelvin. Your thoughts there on uh, Fort Valley.
3: Uh, I think Fort Valley, they, stays, uh, they stay where they are. I do think moving forward, I think the first, one thing that I will say is, I think during the first two weeks of the season, because we have these offsite games or uh, neutral site games, as Drew mentioned earlier, this third week will be a telltale around how everything works because now we're about to be into people showing up in one another's backyards, homecoming games, and whatnot. So be a situation where we get a chance to see the true who these teams truly are moving forward in weeks three four and five all right
0: uh and then of course number five previously was Virginia Union of course we talked to uh, dr Parker 45 uh, 40 win over number two uh, solid a plus just the second just the second a plus of the season that we've given out um, and uh, I I think uh, they will be a heavy. there will be a lot of heavy pushes putting Virginia Union up to number one in a lot of people's polls. I mean, when you beat the number two team in the nation and other teams in front of you lose, I, I just kind of see how it's going. Uh, but, uh, Kelvin, I, I, we talked about this, Drew, so I, I'm going to skip you and go to Kelvin. Kelvin, any thoughts you want to add about Virginia Union?
3: I, they're an interesting take because I know they're rock solid. I know they're, they, have, they have the goods. But, again, I would probably more than likely reserve judgment on Virginia Union until next after next week. I want to see what everybody does truly in conference.
0: Be- beating the number two team in the country didn't do it for you, huh?
3: Uh, no, because uh, I hate to, you know, go to another tangent. <laughs> Bama just walked down to Texas and it got in a tussle and had to weasel their way out of it. So – I think it, it's the same thing on all the levels, like what happens in those first weeks. And I really think it speaks more towards a level of parity than anything else. And we'll see how that plays out in week three and four. Okay. All
0: okay. Right. Hey. right. Uh, two, two teams that I think will challenge for some first place votes, Drew, are coming up in six and seven. Langston was six. Uh, they are 2-0 and oh now. Uh, now Langston, of course, is the NAIA uh, Sooner Athletic Conference team. Got a 55-24 win against conference uh, opponent, Texas College. Uh, after a first quarter that was a little tight, 14-12. to 12, mm-hmm. They separated, I think, with uh, 30 unanswered, I think is what the total was. Uh, not 30. Uh, ooh, quick math. Don't fail me here. Maybe 20-something unanswered uh, to get to about a 41-12 to 12 lead, and then they coasted home there. Um Drew, I would give Langston a solid A. Uh, what do you what, what would you say?
1: I'm gonna agree with you on that. We got to work on getting Quentin Morgan on uh, on our show one of these upcoming weeks.
0: Sure, yeah, definitely, definitely. I, you know, la- I, I'm cautious because last time we had him on. After he had a nice streak going and then uh, we had him on the show and then he like they lost three in a row. I feel like we jinxed him after he came on our show. So I don't know. So like the country folks say,
1: which one of us janky?
0: Yeah, he may not. He may not want to come (laughs) on with us after after that thing from last year. Uh, Maybe we catch him after they win the title. I'm just saying, Uh, Kelvin, what are your thoughts there on Langston?
3: Oh, yeah. I, I, I really – now, I believe in Langston. So, I think before this is all said and done, Langston, Langston will end up probably around the 3-2 spot with an opportunity to take over the one spot, even though, like you said, they're in that NAIA conference. They are really strong. they got great athletes, um, and they maximize the talent that they have. Yeah. You have to at you know, NAIA the NAIA I- level.
0: Yeah, definitely, and I love the fact that uh, with this poll, Langston gets the kind of credit because I mean they put up numbers and they got some guys who continually put up some great performances. This week, Markel Scott, sixteen carries, one hundred and sixty-two net yards, a touchdown, ran for a ninety-three-yard score as well. Uh, they they just continue to. I mean, they got guys, man. I mean, I know no one in the CIAA and the SIC want to play Langston. I know y'all scared of Langston, so we can really see what they look like against true D2 opponents. And I understand why y'all don't want to play them. So I- I'm just going to say that. Scared, say you scared. Uh, the other team, number seven, is Benedict College. They're not scared, Drew. 2-0 and on the year, Benedict. They had, to fi- they had to dig deep to win this one, 14-0 over Lane on the road. I think they get an A. They won the turnover battle, plus five. Uh, They shut out Lane on the road. Good game for Benedict.
1: Look, we saw what Lane did last week, putting up 42 points against UAPB. We've seen what Lane has done offensively in the past. Lane is a team that can traditionally beat you either passing the ball or running the ball. Wherever you're weak at on defense, That's what Lane tends to exploit. So what this is telling me is Benedict is that strong on defense where Lane could not exploit them figure out which way to exploit them, either running the ball or passing the ball. So Lane gets my – excuse me, Benedict gets my respect. The good thing for Lane, this game did not count in the conference standings.
0: Mm, See, those those dreaded conference 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 games games. that aren't – Non-conference conference games, man. I tell you, they just they just throw off the psyche of of these games. Um, Kelvin, what are your thoughts there on Benedict?
3: I really think they look good against uh, Lane, and like I, I concur with AD around it didn't count against them per se, but I think that um, they're, they're definitely somebody to be looked at, a team to be looked at moving, especially moving forward.
0: Number eight is Central State. Lost 26-21 to 21 after the big win at the uh, Black College Football Hall of Fame against Winston-Salem State. They turn around hosting Lincoln, a team that you're supposed to beat, a team that hadn't won on the road since 2015, and you lose by five points. Sorry, but I got to give Central State a D. Drew?
1: Yep. I'm going to say give them an F. That's the only loss oh. for the SIAC against the CIAA. And you were at home. You failed.
0: All well, right. Hey, hey. Against. Uh, okay, I, 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 I can't argue
3: with that, Kevin. <laughs> I I agree. I had I I didn't know the history behind the other piece, but I was in I was in line with the elf that was being given for for the performance drew man i tell you uh hardcore
1: that's all right i'm the s.i.c. SIC writer so i can see it you can't i can't
0: yeah there there you go there you go i'll let you have that one um all right so then we move over to west virginia state they lost 18 to 7 uh to a conference opponent frostburg state um probably got to give them at least a c minus on that one um yeah, that I think that's their first or second conference game. I'm I'm looking at first up game, here, unfortunately. Yeah, that's first, first game, first conference game of the season on the road. Um, tough loss, um, you know. So
1: yeah, they play ten conference games in that conference. Out of their eleven game, game one is a non-conference game in the MUC.
0: Yeah, uh, actually, they they got outscored fifteen to nothing in the fourth, fourth quarter. And, and that, I mean, they had a lead going into the fourth and, uh, you know, you give up two touchdowns in the final three minutes. So that, that game, uh, pretty much, uh, no, let me rephrase that final six or seven minutes. You give up, um, a 13 yard touchdown and a pair of field goals. So you gave up three scores in the final seven minutes of the ball game after you had basically been controlling that game. Uh, yeah, I got to give him a C minus on that one. Uh, tough loss, Junior State. Uh, Kelvin, you want to add anything to that?
3: Um, I, yeah, it's a tough loss. Uh, I kind of charted all the games today and really looked at it. Uh, but I do think this. I think it. Like I, I like to see that third week. I like to see what happens, especially in our in in the smaller division.
0: Um, Drew, anything you want to add quickly?
1: No, let's move on. I want to get on this clock game.
0: Last one, Clark. <laughs> uh, uh-oh. uh-oh. uh Lost 23-19 to versus Irkside. Clark, you were there, so I'm going to let you give the grade because you saw it. Lost by four. Uh, Drew, what did you see? What what grade would you give, or are we giving Clark? Uh, I'm going to pull up the stat here for uh,
1: the Clark. Uh, look, look, Clark should have won this game. They gave a down rush in this uh, game to uh, Erskine, and that was, was pretty much it was pretty much over. Hey, check this out, man. Score with 21 or just play of the game. You give the last player of the game. I'm
0: um. Say that hold on Drew let's 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 shake out the water in your connection there um losing you there for a second uh go go ahead let see see that again there cuz it sounds like you had some good stats
1: go ahead okay can, can, can you hear me now
0: uh, we Is can hear you better? yeah let's see if we let's yeah let's see if it holds let's go
1: all right uh in the last or oh, the last play of the game they give up a safety on the last play of the game uh, because you have intentional grounding from the end zone. and I, I don't think I've ever seen that in a particular game. But uh, Clark is going to be a force to reckon with. They have a good running game. They have a three-headed monster for their running game. The problem with Clark was when they decided the ball. Now, I don't know if this is a Coach Slater trend or not, but when Coach Slater did not have that superstar quarterback at Tuskegee and decided he wanted to throw the ball. Now, remember, Coach Slater was an all-world quarterback when he played at Livingston, at Livingston which is now West Alabama. So, obviously, he has a tendency to want to pass the ball, but I've being able to have the quarterback that can pass the ball at the level that he has uh, used uh, probably in about the last eight years. So, I think that's going to be – What's going to separate Clark. If they decide to keep the ball on the ground, they'll be good, but they didn't keep the ball on the ground. Untimely interceptions and turnovers. Overall, I would give Clark a solid C because that was a very winnable game. They just made a couple simple mistakes.
0: All right. Kelvin, want to add something to that?
3: Uh I I tend to leave Clark at a since we said the loss makes you get the C, there'll be a strong B. And I think they're going to get better as the season goes on.
0: Okay, um, did I, did we leave anybody out? Did we leave any grades out for anybody there? Um, in terms of the mid major, I, th- I think we covered everybody, right?
3: Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, Miles was the okay. only other team receiving votes. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, what what did
1: Miles? And they do took an ill. They took an L. I mean, Everybody in the West took an L, Brian. Everybody in the I West heard took
0: a L. Yeah. It was not the SIAC West uh, weekend, to say the least. Um, all right. Um, oh I saw a couple God. people chatting about this in the chat rooms. Uh, Got to give a shout out to uh, Charles Huff, Coach Charles Huff, head coach of Marshall University. Um, only because he is an HBCU grad. Am I mentioning this? As uh, he led the Marshall into my, uh, look, my my favorite HWCU is Notre Dame. I grew up in Indiana. Anybody that that knows me knows that. Uh, He took his thundering herd and uh, knocked off the eighth-ranked Irish at home. But uh, I believe Huff is a Hampton Hampton grad. Um, You know, prior to heading to Marshall, he was a, a... sort of cut his teeth underneath or that really got his sort of cred by, by working with uh, coach Saban at at Alabama. And uh, previous to that, he was at uh, Maryland and Penn state, but uh, his first coaching opportunity was at Marshall and uh, he's really, uh, really, really doing a great job. Yeah. He graduated from Hampton in 2005 where he served as the team captain started 12 games as a center, uh, as a senior in Oh five. And so, uh, he also played some guard fullback tight end there at Hampton as well. But, uh, you know, given some HBCU love, there are not too many African-American head coaches at that level. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's one, one coach gets the win and another African-American coach all of a sudden, I, you know, I don't know, you know, people, people in Notre Dame get kind of crazy, when you when you lose two games in a row, especially early in the career, and we we so uh, we we just gonna pray that uh, the other brother keeps his uh, that that folks don't get ridiculous up there. All right, uh, let's get ready to wrap it up with a quick, very quick look ahead into week three. Uh, what game or game? We didn't do any picks this week, Drew. I didn't set the picks up, but just to recap. Um, from the weekend, I believe you are now on the season. You are eight and two. I am seven and three. In our head-to-head matchup, we are back to even. As you did, despite your praise and expectation of Bethune Cookman this morning, you actually picked South Carolina State. I picked <laughs> bethune Cookman. Uh so I lost you one, and then we both hit tonight. So Uh, you went one and one, I went, no, you went two and oh, I went one and one. And I think it kind of brings us to an even when it comes to our HBCU versus HBCU matchups. Uh, here we go for this week. Uh, I didn't, here we go. Calvin, I'm gonna start with you. That'll give me a second to figure this out. Calvin, give me a game or two that you're looking forward to this upcoming weekend
3: i'm uh, looking forward to the grambling jackson state game uh one o'clock in jackson mississippi uh should be a good test for uh, hugh jackson's group going into jackson for that game and it's already allegedly is sold out so that's that's going to be interesting and i'll tell you another wow. game i'm looking at too to see uh delta state versus mississippi valley uh separated by about 17 miles right there but i want to see what they're gonna because jackson state played them last year and um, they have some really good talent, so I want to see that Mississippi Valley matchup because although the Valley has their challenges, uh, the coach there really, really, really does a great job with their program.
0: All right, uh, Drew, I, I think the Jackson State Grambling should be one of our games that we're forced to pick against each other this week. Um, I think that j- that should just be an automatic. Uh, so before we get to that picky man. L. 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 Yeah, give me uh oh, so we're not going to make the pick on the air. We we're going to do that offline? Is that what you're telling me?
1: Cuz I hadn't even uh looked at it uh but I mean w- right now both of us would probably be picking Jackson State.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. All right, uh so <laughs> uh what, other, what what games are, what games are you are you looking at uh for this upcoming weekend?
1: Uh before I get to the games, I want to say you talked about your two coaches who lost on the uh FBS level. What about on the FCS level? Coach Tremaine Jackson at Valdosta State, a Texas Southern grad who lost to Mm, Coach Dr. Alvin Parker at Virginia Union. One brother wins, one brother loses, and for your daughter, Dane, Valdosta State is at that level on the Division II level. So, yes, rumblings down here in South Georgia. All right, so since Kelvin went with the Big boys, I'm gonna take a look at some of the little boy games. Uh, speaking of Valdosta State, let's, against call, Miles. let's
0: call them non-HBC. So let's call them non-division one.
1: The, the, the ones. non-division on ones, down. okay. The yeah, non-division ones, All right. okay. <laughs> Valdosta State gets a rebound game against the SIAC opponent this time in the Miles Golden Bears. With will they sleep on another HBCU opponent? I don't think so, Miles. You better watch out uh another game albany state shorter albany state they were number 15 uh, last week in the d2 polls uh playing the go south opponent shorter don't know where albany state's gonna wind up don't know how the pollsters are gonna rate that loss to florida a&m but it was uh competitive so but albany state needs to get this win on the road at shorter and that was a third game that I was looking at because I mentioned it this morning on uh Dr. Gavilla's show. Oh, we're going to start off with Thursday night. Benedict-Savannah State. It's a Thursday night matchup yeah. in Columbia, South Carolina. Savannah State has only lost one conference game in the last two seasons. That was to Albany State. They traveled to Benedict, who has pretty much shut down both their opponents this year. Which Savannah State team is going to show up? If the Savannah State team that traveled to Jacksonville 95 South decides to get on 95 north and go to Columbia, we should have us a good competitive ball game. But if it's the if it's the Savannah State team that played at home two weeks ago, Benedict can win in a route.
2: Hmm.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a great Thursday night. That game right now is scheduled to be on ESPNU, seven thirty Eastern time from Charlie W. Johnson Stadium there in Columbia. A beautiful stadium, by the way. Uh, so I, I hope it. I hope the folks in one Columbia, of the two Yeah, I, I hope they show up. And it's not it's not that far from Savannah State, so hopefully, folks will find a way to get out and travel.
1: Less than two game. hours. Uh,
0: we like. Yeah, we, I know it's a weeknight, so uh, hopefully that won't deter anybody. All right, so two quick categories that I have here. Uh, how about some HBCU versus HWCU uh, FBS contest, FCS contest, rather, that we have to pay attention to. First off, Alabama a and is hosting Austin P out of the Ohio Valley Conference. That is a home game. Okay, Alabama AM, 1st home game of the year in the Lewis Cruz Classic. Uh, you're taking on an OVC opponent. Alabama AM needs a win. They need a win desperately. They cannot afford to go to Tallahassee 0 and 3. Big win, big opportunity. Morgan State. Uh heard BJ Jones mention this. Morgan State is rounding into a good team. They host Sacred Heart, I believe, from out of the one of those Northeastern or Patriot level conferences that is in Baltimore. Uh, noon Eastern time. I should mention the Alabama A&M game is 3 o'clock Eastern to Central. And then a couple of other uh, uh, matchups that we ought to pay attention to. Prairie View is hosting Incarnate Word this week. Uh, Incarnate Word, uh, one of those teams from the Southland, Southland Conference. I think, yep. Southland Conference.
3: Southland.
0: Uh, yeah, we Prairie View, they, they blew it. They blew an opportunity last week to get a win over a PWI. This could be a good week to do that. And then, of course, the 13th member of the SWAT has to be beaten this week. <laughs> I know you lost. I know you lost by 52, but you should have won the week before. You're traveling to Lake Charles. Don't come back without a win. That game is on ESPN Plus, 7 Central, 8 Eastern. So those are four games really interesting. Yeah. Drew, I, I I think our personal picks, HBCU picks, we ought to look at the Norfolk State-Hampton game, and then we also ought to look at the other SWAT matchup. I know everyone's going to be talking about the non-conference conference game between Jackson State and Grambling, but how about Texas Southern traveling to – actually, no, excuse me. That's a neutral site Something game. Southern – yeah, yeah, yeah it's in Arlington, Texas. Yeah, the Arlington football Dallas. Dallas. showdown. Yeah, uh that'll be a
1: if, if Texas Southern mark. If Texas Southern loses that game, does the temperature get hot in Houston for somebody?
0: I hate mm. to say this, but pay attention to what happened with the University of Nebraska today.
3: <laughs> that's all um. We, we, that that we don't have that luxury to just kick them out after the second game. Okay. We don't <laughs> I, have that
1: luxury. I, 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 I do have one question, though, uh, Brian, before yes. we get out of here. Yes. yes. Is yes. a classic truly a classic when you're playing a non-HBCU? Um, mm, classic is have Alabama A&M. That? Alabama A&M, Austin P in the Lewis Cruz classic in Lewis Cruz Stadium in Huntsville, Alabama. I just gotta ask that question.
0: Yes, because it's a ho- it's one of those home classics. It's a it's a celebration of your But is it truly a classic history. though?
1: Is it truly well, a classic?
0: That, the bigger, the, or is it just the better a question is game. the better question, Drew, is is it a classic if it's not on a neutral site? That's the question, I think.
1: Turkey Day, Turkey Day.
0: Is it a classic, or is it just a game yes. played on Thanksgiving Day?
1: Turkey we'll Day see. classic. Okay, Labor so Day then classic.
0: This one, this Labor one day should classic. apply too. Anyway, um, anyway, I don't
1: know about help. all that.
0: All right, hey uh, Kelvin. Hey, we appreciate you uh, coming in and joining us uh for for the segment uh look forward to kind of bringing you in uh some more during the course of the year uh let people know where they can find you social media wise so i'm sure they can catch on uh with some of your takes and thoughts through uh throughout the course of the week in this uh season
1: and if you want to throw out one of one or two projects that you're working on you know you can always throw that out too quick yes i'm
3: at uh zero six carter k at twitter and I'm also working on a project with Drew and, uh, and the network on bringing um, this media and content creation to virtual students across the United States with the company uh, Stride Learning. So we're, we're willing to partner, and we were just in Atlanta at the MEAC SWAC Challenge, and we'll be at the Celebration Bowl discussing ways that we can better partner with HBCUs to provide students and with opportunities to fulfill their lifelong dreams in education, whether it be teaching, administration, or the business components of it as well. So hey, I'll be back in, you know, maybe Alcorn can beat McNeese, but maybe we'll have a Scott Frost situation.
0: <laughs> wow. wow. Breaking. Okay, see, I didn't expect that. That's from a top rope. Uh with the elbow out. Man, that's that's uh that's hardcore. Uh Drew, final thoughts, please. We can get out of here
1: uh obviously you know you can catch me bcsn drew that's bcsn d-r-e-w on twitter article should be up sometime this evening once i get off this podcast and finish writing uh, about these last couple of teams i need to write about catch that on d2football.com drop down to the siac tab there you'll see my ugly picture and you'll see my beautiful writings
0: come on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> got to love the little the flower uh, lapel thing going on there, Drew. Beautiful, beautiful photo. Can I get one, I um, say one thing before we do? Sure, yeah. Can yeah. I get one
3: thing? Uh, this, And this will be short. So today I was at the Ascension uh, PGA Tour here in St. Louis, Missouri, and noticed uh, a Swat graduate, Tim O'Neill, HBCU grad from Jackson State University, playing in the tournament. We got a chance to stop and talk. But I found that to be flat out amazing in one of the best country clubs here in St. Louis, Missouri, that it was an HBCU grad there. And and the SWAC was definitely represented. Great, great guy. Great,
1: great, great. I know, Charles, a you of love to hear that
0: look i mean you know it's it's good to see people wearing their uh wearing their uh, uh school colors uh loud and proud i mean that's what we need more of so uh a lot to be proud about even though sometimes we give uh even though sometimes they earn bad grades and they have bad performances on saturday they're still love we still love them uh you know we you know that's just how it is you know uh, we we love them like a kid that that it just uh, didn't do right, but he's still our kid, right, uh, as your mom and them used to say. Okay, that's going to do it for tonight's show. Shout-out to our producer, Roy, for coming in. Uh, make sure you find all of our shows on the BCSN Pod Zone, available wherever you listen and download the podcast. Just search BCSN Pod Zone. You'll find our show, Dr. Curville's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Brave Talk with Charles Edmond, the ONG Strike Zone, the pregame show, the Carlos Brown show, and probably more coming down the road. Uh, but all of it you can find there, podcast heaven, for those who love black college uh, sports content. Uh, follow us, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at mybcsn1, the number one. And there it is. Go download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app on your Google and Apple Play Store, My JBN. My BCSN is where you can find it. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. I'm Brian Fulford. That's AD Drew. Thanks to Dr. Alvin Parker. Thanks to Chris Ferguson. And thank you, Kelvin, for joining us tonight. Everybody, be good, be safe, and we'll see you down the road. Peace out.
1: Uh Ahala. Ahala.